I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Great, another broken white boy for us to fix. That's my secret, Cat. I'm always angry. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. Wakanda forever! And welcome back, Internets, to another episode of Views from the 616, the blackest MCU podcast in the multiverse, powered by Four All Nerds, where we discuss everything in the MCU from the perspective of people of color. And I am one of your hosts, the Tatiana King, a.k.a. the Grand Duchess of Tech, a.k.a. the coldest winter soldier ever, a.k.a. Baft in America. And I am joined by my very powerful co-host, Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Cosmic Cuba Gooden Jr., Off-White Panther, The Power yes. Toker, John Walk It Out, a pimp named Sam Wilson, your boy DJ Ben Amin, back. Here we Excellent. go. Let's throw. Let's get it started. And we are back to talk all things The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, specifically episode five entitled Truth. As you know, we are now almost at the finish line. It's only six episodes of this season or, or series. I don't know if to call it a season finale or a series finale. We never really know. With, this with is it. Disney, Marvel. But you're, th- you're saying this is it. Mm-hmm. All right. Gotcha. So episode five, lots of stuff to talk about. Obviously, appreciate everyone sitting down with us to join. Or if you're listening on your way to someplace, that's even better. Make sure you have your family there because this is important that you're listening. <laughs> And let's get started by talking about the basic plot. I mean, yes, this is the fifth episode. Mm-hmm. Truth. Yeah. Yes. All right. Give it to him. <clears throat> let's get ready to rumble. In this corner, we have the over-entitled Great White Hope versus the People's Champ, Captain America, and the White Wolf. Yes, folks, we are back in didn't even have to wait until the last episode to find out who takes the shield as if there was really any question in the first place but there are some questions still questions remain like will carly's pretty privilege save her from john 316 who will sharon carter hit with the steel chair when she runs into the ring in the next episode will someone go heel to hero is isaiah going to be ringside or chilling at home saying f this noise before we find out let's get down to separating facts from fiction as we review Truth. <sighs> then I mean. Yeah. It's been a wild ride for the show. It has. Yeah. I have said before, one of the main reasons why I enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier is because that is truthful. Mm. To, and, and to varying degrees, I understand it's not showing absolutely everything, but it's truthful mm-hmm. in the sense that they're not beating around the bush when it comes to talking about things like race relations. Mm. They're not beating around the bush when it comes to talking about things like mental issues and mental health and things like that. Like, they're pretty direct on a lot of these topics and a lot of these subjects. And using that or telling these stories through the lenses of Marvel characters that we love, and in some that we don't really appreciate that much. But the fact is, telling the story through these characters that we've come to know and also new people that we don't, we've never seen before, but doing it in a way that's entertaining and also educational. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, as people have said, that they uh, might be a little too 
on the nose, you know, like as we talked about in the intro, they come in hitting you with a steel chair over the head with some of this information. <laughs> Racism. <laughs> I gave the shield to a black man. Black man. Black guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. So, sometimes it's a little bit. Okay, I get it, sir. Yeah. But but also, I feel like especially white people, you guys prove to us time and time again that sometimes we have to be super duper, super, super direct, or you don't get it. Man, the so. op- the forced obtuseness of <laughs> a certain demographic of people has become to the point where I feel like even on the show and on Twitter, people tagged us over this weekend because there was a lot of people. Well, I won't even say a lot, but a lot of people were amplified by Twitter. You know, people with very small followings who made a statement about one talking about how, yo, Iron Patriot, what's up with that? You know, black man can't be Captain America, but... We had Iron Patriot, yo. He represents False America. Equivalence. False equivalence. Thank you. Perfect word right there. And, you know, these people get amplified. They, you know, people at us like, yo, look at what this person's saying. And my opinion is always, you know, when an idiot says something, don't give them any attention. You know, just keep it moving. Because yeah. there are certain people who, no matter how much we break it down on shows like Views from the 616, and shout out to everyone, especially people of color who are reviewing this show, and especially even the non-people of color who ask questions, you know, at the yes, very least. that's good. Shout and, out to all the white people who are listening, because I know there's a lot of y'all. Yes. I see y'all tagging us and adding us. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you being here as well. Yes, and those who are asking questions and questioning themselves and their own privilege, you know, because we always break it down on pretty much every show we do. So that's pretty standard. But there's a certain group of people who, no matter what we say, they're not going to change. And I'm not really trying to speak to them. As we see on this episode and this series, and as we've talked about on all of our shows, the way that you change the world is one person at a time. You know, so we attempt to change the world like that. We're not worried about these people. We'll get to them later. Indeed. Yeah. But what we're going to get to now is the theme of the episode. I love it. And the first theme is the title of the episode, which is truth. Then I mean, you have a very, let's say about this first very significant point about how this, well, the series itself, obviously, but also this episode, how it's structured. Yes. Well, the title of the episode is a reference to truth, red, white, and black, which we've referenced many times throughout this series. Truth, Red, and Red, White, and Black is a seven-issue comic book limited series written by Robert Morales, rest in peace, and drawn by Kyle Baker and published by Marvel Comics uh, back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, I'm going to say. Yep, July 2003 is when the last issue came out. Seven issues, and this, I mean, this shit is mind-blowing. It's available for free on Marvel Direct, whatever their uh, online portal is for comic books. You can go read it for free right now, the whole seven-issue limited series. I encourage everyone to do so because it is just fantastic. And it tells a story of Isaiah Bradley that is actually referenced directly in this episode and had already been referenced back in Captain America, the first Avenger. But we'll get to that. But it tells his whole origin story, which Marvel has done a amazing job of translating to the screen in Falcon and the Winter Soldier with Isaiah's portrayal, uh, Carl Lumby, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean. Just a, a god. Let thank me just you. stop, you know what I mean? Yeah, thank a you, god. Carl. Yeah, thank yes. you, Carl, because 
everything in his portrayal this episode and every scene he's ever been in this series has been just ridiculous. You just feel his pain down to his voice. Chris Carl has that deep-ass baritone that you know, and he's all cracked up in this series where you can just feel the pain that he's been through. And that's just incredible. But yes, Truth, Red, White, and Black, definitely check it out. It just tells the origin story of Isaiah Bradley, and it's all referenced in this episode, and that's why this is called Truth. And I mean, there's a lot more ways as we'll get into it as well. Absolutely. The mm-hmm. other way, one of the other ways is the idea of a twisting of the truth and what the truth means to different people. And obviously from different viewpoints, one person's truth is another person's lie. And then also, what do they say about the truth? There's, there's, there's his, what do they say? There's his story, her story and the truth. Mm. So again, it's all about what, what your point of view is, where, where you stand in a certain position and also your willingness to listen to other people. And as we, as Benami said at the top, if you're not willing to listen, we don't want to talk to you anyway. But anyway, <laughs> when we, t- yo, so when we talk about the twisting of a truth, I just jumped straight into that man, of you did. John. Yeah. And uh-huh. his warped little mind, mm-hmm. and the fact that one of the ways he he twists the truth, besides everything he's doing, but and I'm gonna go into that later. But the first part that just just personally pissed me off is his lying to Lamar's family about killing the guy that killed Lamar. And also his twisting of the truth when he's talking to Sam and Bucky, where he knows Nico, the guy that he ended up killing in the town square, didn't kill Lamar, but Nico's just guilty by association and he's catching the bad one because that's who that's who John saw and that's who John's going to take out. Yeah, um, I don't really think he's lying to their family. You know what I mean? Like he's lying in the moment. But he's just really trying to, you know, uh, what do they say? Speak into ex- into existence, you know, because he's like, really, Ben. Hey, hey, you know me. He says, and I quote, yep. "I would never let the person or the guy that killed Lamar get away." And he won't. His plan is to go kill Carly right now. That is his agenda. So, truth. Really, Ben. Hey, hey, I'm just saying, you know. So what if he Job's fails? not done. Time to go to work. Then I he dies like, and, you know, then, you know, then. Well, he may not die either. That's another thing. He may not die. He may just outright fail. But what if he fails? So then now, it, and that's another question that comes out. Mm. Like, that's a, that's a morality question. Is it better that you lied and to try to give a family solace? Mm-hmm. Or ooh, ooh. that you're lying and you, you really didn't do what you said you were going to do. And if you fail, then it's going to come out that you was lying. I mean. The, the, I mean, and, and. If you think about it, this is similar to what's oh, going you knew on where with, I was going with Bucky, with 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 Yori Nakajima. Bucky killed when he was, and again, he was. This is a little bit different because he was, he was, his mind was taken. He was Winter Soldier. He killed RJ. Yes, that was him who did it, but it was he was controlled by Hydra. Ben mm, and John, John willingly just killed Nico. But like I talked about last week, I was debating whether I needed to start this episode with rest in peace, Bernie Mac. Till and I told y'all, mother, <laughs> but I didn't. But like I talked about last week, John has been trained by the military to be a killer. This is what John's whole life has led to, killing people. Like, don't ever underestimate that. The military brainwashes people the same way Hydra would have brainwashed people. Where do you think the military learns its tactics from? This is over a hundred years, right, of the U.S. Army perfecting ways to turn young men young impressionable men into killers 
So if that's the case, John is also lying to himself because when he's having that short conversation with Bucky and Sam before they start fighting, he yells at Bucky, I'm not like you. He's trying to distance himself from saying that he's a straight killer, but in reality, John always was a killer. No doubt, and John knows this, but in that moment, he has to distance himself because it's just like anyone, denial. We keep going back okay. to this, you know? He's in denial is what you're saying. Uh, like you, most you of these therapists. You at least agree to that, that he's in denial. But, but I'm glad that you point out how Bucky is doing the same ish that John is doing. Maybe even worse. Like, I ain't murk your son. You know, your son went willingly along with me and got murked on a mission. It could have happened at any point, right? Now, I'm going to try and go get the person who murked him, which in usual circumstances, I have no ability to do. Because normally, you know, he steps on a landmine or something in some foreign country. He dead. Sorry, you know, I come back to tell my your you know your family about it, right? Mm-hmm. But now I have a chance to go take down the person who did. Bucky has a chance to take down the person who did it too, but does he? Does he? Does he? Does he? You you mean RJ's killer? Is Bucky supposed to kill himself? <laughs> ben! <laughs> ben said kill yourself. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But then, again, I hear you, but you are, and I know that you know this, but I feel like you got to give him some type of separation. Bucky was not himself. Bucky was not willingly doing this. He was being controlled. Many people talk about how when their son grows off into the military and they come back, they're like, this is not my son. I've Mm. personally witnessed this, you know, with people, or not like that this is not my son, but just they're aware of how it changed their son. You know what I mean? This is a reality. Like, I keep going back to this, like, how propaganda, how brainwashing is used and how we don't, you know, pretty privileged keeps interfering with it. And it keeps interfering with it in the case of Chris Evans and Captain America so much these days that it's kind of ridiculous, you know? And John Walker, people keep saying I'm defending him, et cetera. No, my main thing is someone even tweeted this to me, and I'm sorry, I can't remember your name because they really got it right, is the main probably antagonist in this series is the government, is the Mm. system, Mm -hmm. because it screws everyone down the line. Mm -hmm. White males have it easiest in this society, but that does not mean life isn't hard. And everyone's born into this system and they have no control over what their people did before them, right? I, as a black male, have a certain amount of privilege in this system that a black woman doesn't have, you know? But that's just different Mm -hmm. levels. And we're all born into it. Everyone in America has a level of privilege that most of the world over does not have, you know? This is true. So, John is a problem. I'm never not saying that. I've said that from the very beginning. I said, one day he's going to run into some shit and... Mm -hmm. It's not going to be like what he's used to, and he's not going to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I've also pointed out how he's been trained to be a killer from the beginning. And that's something that people, I don't think, are really understanding what that means. I think the important part to, or note to make about that, though, Ben, is, and you've actually said it, it's like mm-hmm. what you do with that privilege. You can either mm-hmm. do that to help others or help yes. yourself. Yes. And John uses it to help himself for the pretty much the most part. You know, I can't, I don't deny that. Okay. I mean, I mean he brought, I mean, yeah, damn, he ain't even get Battlestar, none of that juice. Nope, nope. He didn't get Battlestar in the one drop. Twitter, okay? Not, <laughs> not one drop, okay? Not one barber. But also, I will say, once again, I'm a, I'm a defender, even though I got, you know, fresh up this week. I'm a defender of the uh, 
no hairline rule. Yes. At an all natural go high, yes. go hard, you know. And also, <laughs> Battlestar might have been rejecting his military service where he had to get his shit, you know, shaped oh, up all he the time. Be super crisp, yeah. Yeah. So he was like, "F that dog, nothing <laughs> to the grave, baby. Rest in peace, Lamar." Yes, you're giving that man too much. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Look, I try. You know, you know, very an interesting tweet I saw on Twitter that you actually responded to, Ben. Mm. And I saw you. I, I was just and that's another thing. Ben has all these conversations with people, and I always watch these conversations and get really good information. But Someone basically had said that why is everyone upset that John killed a member of a terrorist group or the number two of a terrorist group, yep. a terrorist group that has killed innocent people, which is also parallel to a lot of the things Ben has been saying. I was kind of upset that they compared him to an Arabic terrorist when this yeah, white boy. Yeah, I didn't boy. like that at all. I'm I didn't like, like you could that just said terrorist. And so I probably wouldn't have retweeted that when I thought about it again. But, yeah. you know, that's another yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. But my point of mentioning that was just the fact that that's parallel to what you've been saying about the fact that at the end of the day, Carly and them are terrorists. Um, just much like how you had said about, about Wanda. It's like, she's a terrorist. So why are you, why are people giving them, just giving them grace? Pretty privileged. That's it? Just pretty privileged? I mean... Here's the at, thing, Ben. At, at least for, I, okay, at, at for, for a reasonable amount of time in this series, Charlie had a point that sounded good. Like, I, like I've said before, it's okay. you know, couched in this pretty shit, you know, in this sweet shit. It sounds real nice. You know, hey, we're going to know borders, everyone together. You know, let's go back to the way it was when people were helping each other. You know, but... What does it take to get to that world is the question. Because that world only existed because half of people died. Right. And you know what, Ben? I, again, I I really... Carly's not all the way wrong. I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Carly's not all the way wrong. I like, go that when she says... When she says... I mean, cause my thing is everyone is... You can indict everyone in this series. No matter what, you can say... I mean, we've said it before. Half the adventures is really dirty when you think about it. Shit like that. Yes. But really... Carly, how wrong, using your logic, Carly is not wrong. And when she says things like violence is the only language, they understand all this stuff. If you are in a world that was born and beget of violence and that's how shit gets done, then how, what else works? It, it, it asks a question and that's something that I grapple with, you know, because like I say, me personally, I'm the type who says, if you join the army, if you join the police, you know what you are a part of, you know, mm -hmm. that's how I feel, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, damn, does that make me a super villain? You know, like that's... <laughs> oh, because you, you're talking an absolute... Well, it's not really an absolute either. I mean, it kind of is, but you know... No, you that's... said you know what you're getting into. You're not saying, unless maybe you are, you tell me you're saying that you're you're a bad person. Because you have, for example, I have people in my family that are, that, that have or been police, I, that have or been in the military. I damn near everybody. So I do too. Does that mean they're bad people? No. No, it does not. I mean, people got to pay rent. But they rinse. know what they're getting into, or so you yeah. say. Because that's another thing. Because especially when you talk, at least in the U.S., when you talk about the U.S. military, that is typically a trap for poor people. There it is. Because everybody got to pay rent. Capitalism. And not, and not to say that they're not thinking of the social implications beyond that or the political implications. It's just that what else, what other choices do they have? Mm. And no, they you know, they, people are the only ones in the military. Absolutely not. But I'm just no. saying, it, it it's you see it a lot. Like I like you be in towns where everybody's in the military because that's the one thing that they got going for them. You know, they don't really get in. They haven't gotten into that in uh, this series. But in the comic books, like John Walker is from Podunk, Georgia. You know, his families <laughs> are like 
Ma and Pa Kent type of mugs, you know, with a farm and shit. Oh, he's like, country, country. Country, country. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it was this thing this is where. Accent. That's the thing. That's the comics. I mean, the show hasn't really gotten into that. But in the mm-hmm. comics, you know, he's also trying to put on a air. So he's probably acting all the time where he doesn't have that accent, you know, but. Lying to other yeah. people. I mean, everybody, yes. all these superheroes are putting on masks. You know, Daredevil don't sound like that when he ain't got the mask on. You know, Batman. Batman don't sound like that. <laughs> You know, yeah. I am yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But it's also, yeah. are you doing a mask out of necessity or are you doing it because you're fronting? All of these heroes are fronting. Ooh. 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 He said it. <laughs> Nakia was right. It always goes back to that. You know, there's only, there can be only one. Um. Yeah. Yeah, well, <sighs> that, again, just, just as we continue going through this, this idea of twisting of the truth and what the truth means to different people, when Sam is talking to very and, and very logically and calm and all this other stuff, I would be like, nigga, give me that shit back. You fucked up. Like, you know, I wouldn't be calm and nice like Sam is. But that's how Sam moves, whatever. Yes. Sam requests the shield back. Like he understands the the mental, political, social damage that has been caused by John's actions. And even after everything that's been said, once Sam says, Well, give like Sam says all this pretty stuff and then says, you know, give me the shield back. John, everything else that he said prior to that gets erased. All John hears is you're trying to take something away from me. Something that he feels entitled to. He's twisting the truth in his mind. Something that he feels he deserves. And something that he feels that he has been, you know, he's been told. It's like, that's the other thing people don't understand, right? In America, white men are told this. This, this is, is your, your land. Right. This is, this your is yours. Right. Everything should be go your way, you know? And that's why there's a lot of frustration with white people now because the American dream is kind of screwed for everyone. So everyone's getting this F and white men especially are like, yo, you told me it was mine and now it ain't mine, you know, and it's these people and, you know, and then they're racist, some of them, and they're like, oh, you know, these taking my jobs and all that nonsense or whatever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but John, you know, that's, that's his issue. You know, John has issues. You know, that is the other thing. I never deny that at all. I keep saying, you know, once he runs into people who are like, nah, you know, it's going to be an issue, and there <laughs> it is. But boy, it went down in that fight, though, man. To me, Yo. you know. And as they fight, John makes several proclamations, mm-hmm. which are all lies in there when you really think of These are his truths in his head, but they're all lies. Why are you making me do this when he's punching Bucky against a wall, whatever the fuck they were? Yep. Um, no one's making John do anything. Uh, you're choosing to do this. I am Captain America, once again, feeling deserving and entitled of this. Oh, okay, but once again, in his view, what? Uh, um, who do they serve? These are two, you know, criminals who said, give me the shield. He's been told by the United States government to this point that the shield is my, yours. You know, you are Captain America. There are posters everywhere. He's talking about the fact that they're fighting. He's saying, why are you making me, why are you making me fight you like this? You don't have to fight, Ben, because two seconds ago, Sam was trying to sit there and talk to you like a little fifth grader yeah. and have a conversation with you. So, no, you didn't have to resort to violence. You, no. you chose it. That's True what indeed. I'm saying. Yeah, he stepped into it. But then once he started fighting, I mean, he's like, why are you making me do this? You know, just lay it down. No, John, <laughs> you lay it down. Yeah. Just like when he yells out, I am Captain America. No, the fuck you are not. I mean, he was told he was. See, here we go. Now, look how dumb that sounds. <laughs> I was told by AppleCare. Like, I don't care <laughs> what you thought you were told. It's not true. 
I mean, he in his head it is. Once it's again, mine. Yeah, it's this my turn. He yells out. It's my turn. Like, you, he, how he, dumb, you hear how no, dumb that sounds? No, he is most definitely turned into Stip in this episode. <laughs> like my man, Carly was Stip last episode, but this episode, John has taken the crown. It's my turn. Like, you know, come on, Shannon, man. Come on. Shannon, aka Sam, just sitting back looking at him, and this man over here. It's my turn. Yeah, he was yeah. on it this episode. And and also just about the truth and being twisted, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who we're going to talk about later, she comes into this scene and flips some things that he believes to be truths on their heads when she speaks to John. All right. Uh, once again, all right, because I talked about this last week, and I was really surprised how the government's reaction to John killing this terrorist was. I'll be honest. But their reaction not to him killing the terror, the reaction to what he did in front of the world that's now on camera. Let's be yes. very clear. They yes. don't give a day. And even Allegra says that they don't give a shit that you killed this person. They give a shit that you did it on camera with Fact. the shield wearing America's colors. And now you're represent. This is what you're representing, putting out in the world. You're fucking up our flow. You're fucking up our money. And even Val- Valentina says to that to the effect, she says, oh, well, that's not part of their plan. And she rubs her fingers together as if to make that, you know, the, 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 the symbol for money. You're fucking up their money. Mm. You can't mess with people's bags. When you start messing with people's bags, it's quiet for you. But see, that still begs my question right here, right? They spent mad money on publicity. We've seen the posters, probably commercials, you know, shorts. You think shorts. that's a lot of money, Ben? Mo- well, I'm not done yet. Movie trailers, et cetera. You, you know, who that's knows? That's a lot of money. That's not Okay, money. but okay, okay. Let me finish. Okay. Cops kill black people on tape all the time, barely even get, you know, a slap on the wrist, if that. Right? Mm-hmm. Black death is profitable, Ben. You know this. Oof, that hurts. You see it on both sides of the equation. Especially, and since you're talking about the police, especially for the police. Because what happens? They try, in one way, they try to use this as justification to do what? Get more military funding. Get more, more, more stuff from Boeing and from Lockheed Martin, all these other things that really shouldn't be the hands of citizen police, but here it is. But And when I say citizen police, I don't mean regular people who want to do policing. I'm talking about these people who are not in the military, who are supposed to be police officers for a neighborhood. Why do you have a tank? Why do you, why is your budget 10 times as much as the budget for schooling in your state? Because the budget for military is always 10 times the budget for education nationwide. And the whole point I'm saying is all of this keeps leading At back least. to money. All of this keeps leading back to money. Yeah. Oof. So killing... Uh, the uh, white boy Nico and people are questioning this is he white yes Nico is white Nico I mean he's white presenting I don't know he's Eastern European probably yeah he could be Middle Eastern as well but uh, we don't know he but he's uh, if you just saw him on the street and maybe some people will feel differently but in the grand scheme he he seems to be white presenting he's definitely white presenting and so he gets murdered by Cap and that's why it's not a big I mean that's why it's an uproar because if what if Cap had killed let's say I mean do they have any black terrorists left? Or black flag smashers? I can't No, no, the, the blackest dude got Dude, murdered the black already. girl. There's a black girl that's there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what if he killed her? The super soldier black girl? She's in yep. there still. She's I know. So what, what if he killed her on camera? Who? Uh, a cap? Uh, yep. A great value cap? Uh-huh. I mean, I'm I'm still gonna be mad. So yeah, I mean, I mean we're what, gonna be mad. Yeah. Oh, you mean how do... Oh, yeah. you're saying is he as, getting a, fired? as a viewer. Is he, no, is he getting fired? But he did get fired. No, if he killed the black woman. Oh, yes. Oh. Because once again, it's not about 
who he killed is about the fact that he did this wearing up with America's shit. He's fucking up the bag. He's fucking up the imagery that they're putting out there. But cops do that every day is what I'm saying. But we're not talking about cops. We're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and John Walker. Military does that every day. But that's what their image is. They put it on camera. But the military image is to go out there and march and do imperialistic shit and to war. That's the military image. That's what people are expecting. People are not expecting someone who was Steve Rogers two years ago to go out there and decapitate someone with the shield. That's not that's not in the works. That's not I'm sorry, I'm I'm knocked my little bear over. That's not <laughs> in the cards. That's not in the design for what for think about it this way. How did Cap come into the in the scene? He's over there singing about uh war bonds and and doing all this and, and yep. shucking and jiving and shit because he's a mascot. At the end mm. of the day, he's Mickey Mouse. Mm. So no, what it- does that look like Mickey Mouse coming through with the shield? And banging a nigga upside the head with it. That, that's not in the design. And that's why the government reacted the way they reacted. Hmm. And that goes into another point of mine, another theme that we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, I feel you 100% on what you just said right there. It's actually the fact that things are a lot more subtle now. You know, and Cap was way too wild. And he was way, way too out there with that. Like, that's, like, like no. we can, thing is, it's funny. Like, you can show bombs hitting buildings where hundreds of people are getting murdered at, at once. You know, and people be like, oh, that's nothing. But you can't, that, that's what I'm saying. That's out of line. And I get it. You know, that's out of line. But that hasn't, we haven't been prepared for that, you know, we, you know, on TV yet. Mm-hmm. But, and yeah. also, again, this is also generational too, because mm-hmm. like, when you, like, there's a generation of children who, who have never seen war on TV and all that stuff. And there's a generation who that's all they've lived with. Yes. And then Which what is... are they going to be exposed to and used to and also uh, desan- uh, uh, not desanitized, but um, desensitized to? Well, pretty much the last 30 years, it's been nothing but war on TV since go. the 90s, you know? Right. Yeah. And again, that's all, all about the twisting of the truth and what's okay and, and what, what seems right. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's so many ways it can be bent. Moving on to the next theme, which mm. is... Also, I, again, part of it is, this, like you said, it's a little too on the nose sometimes, but also it's still worth the conversation, especially this conversation that happens, that I'm happy happened between Sam and Isaiah. Mm-hmm. But the theme of being black in America is and how being black and being Cap, mm. Captain America. Mm-hmm. When Sam visits Isaiah Bradley in Baltimore, he comes with his shield and he's asking for understanding, meaning mm. he's trying to... And 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 really, Ben, I really want to hear from you because clearly you're the resident black man of the show. Oh, um, <laughs> I, 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 oh shit, I, I, I am. Really, yes, yeah, you. I really want to hear from you on this. Um, okay. And I'm just gonna just preface some stuff, and then I'm gonna let you just have at it. But okay, here's just some few questions and things to think about as you speak. Is is Sam willfully choosing to be blind to the truth? I mean, he says outright he just doesn't get it when it just comes to why. Isaiah feels the way he feels, and that's why they have this conversation. Or is it Sam's personal worldview, which is why he doesn't understand why Isaiah feels about America the way he does? And then this mm-hmm. overall powerful, powerful conversation that happens between all of them. Please, I would love to hear from you. Okay. Wow. Is Sam willfully choosing to be blind to the truth? Is Anthony Mackie willfully being blind to the truth? <laughs> you know... That's an interesting one, right? I it uh I want to shout out uh Charles Pulliam, um writer for IO9 and friend of the show who was we were discussing this and they were talking about how 
you know, Anthony Mackie's as stated, what he has stated in the news and publicly has been in the past has been somewhat questionable, you know, yeah. especially for me. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhat questionable. He's talked about people with dreadlocks and how that will automatically attract police attention. You know, he's like, yo, I watch 48 hours. I mean, not 48 hours, uh, the first 48. Mm-hmm. And it's always these dudes with dreadlocks. And I'm like, well, what are they showing you, Anthony? You know, but <laughs> that's a whole nother question and a whole nother story about America and the way it feeds fear and demonizes black men, you know, and. I remember back in the 90s when the Steven Seagal movie was about uh, Steven Seagal killing all the Jamaicans with dreadlocks and how the dreadlock posse was going to take over the world. <laughs> Luke Cage kills a bunch of Jamaicans, too. Oh, see, it, it don't, it don't stop. Netflix. You know, it don't stop. And, I mean, shit, rappers are straight up always shooting dreads in the head. Like, Biggie <laughs> shot so many dreads in the head that I was very tired of it after a while. But that being said... I don't know if Sam's willfully choosing to be blind to the truth. You know, I, it's funny. Sam really pulled uh, Rick James in this episode because one second he's like, you know, I don't get it. And then, you know, two seconds later, I'm from the South, so I get it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, is cocaine is a hell of a drug. Is it one mic? Like, yeah. here we go again. Yeah. So I, 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 I it was. Like, I felt him, but I didn't. Because I was yeah. like, I understand him saying why well, I don't understand. And then Isaiah gives you his mm-hmm. background, and then you go, I don't get it. What? It, I guess for me, the question, what is it that you don't get? Like, he, t- t- that wasn't, that's the part that wasn't 100% clear to me. What is it that you don't get? You don't get why Isaiah is mad. You don't get why it's difficult, or and at least in Isaiah, it's wrong for a black man to be capped. Like, what? which one is it? Yes, that is what it is. He does, okay, because when I rewatched that scene, you know, I made the joke about Rich James, but that's not actually the case here, right? What Sam is saying is that he doesn't get why Isaiah doesn't. He under What he does get is that there's going to be difficulties. People burn crosses in your yard down the line. But he's still like, why didn't you do it and represent black people and show black people there is a different way? Well, he wasn't and, allowed to. Isaiah, anyway, was not allowed to. I mean, he well, that's what Isaiah had to years. show him because that yeah. when Sam crosses the line with Isaiah is when he tells him Steve Rogers didn't lock you up, and he's like, "Well, you know, it might not have been Steve, Steve, but, but what Steve represents." And that's like a really wild meta thing about mm-hmm. this episode, right? We talked about the truth, red, and white, and black earlier. And in truth, red, white, and black, Isaiah does the mission that he tells Sam about. His people get trapped behind enemy lines. He grabs the cap suit when they'd never let him wear the cap suit before. You know, they would send these dudes on these missions in the comic, and they all wear all black. You know, none of them get to wear the suit. So, you mm. know, then he steals the cap suit. He puts it on, goes, saves his boys, brings them back, blows up a Nazi, you know, facility. Mm-hmm. puts in mad work, comes back, and they throw him in prison. And it's wild because that's so meta because this story was already stolen by Steve Rogers in the MCU because this is the same story that they show you in First Avenger when his boys get trapped behind that's enemy true. lines. The military doesn't think of Steve as anything but a joke up until that point. Then he goes, gets his multicultural crew back. And that's another problem with Marvel, right? They're correcting it with this series. But the way they showed World War One and had him have this multicultural-ass crew was really wild because it really desensitizes people to the truth. You know, once again, we talk about truth. Mm-hmm. And because it desensitizes people to the truth, when they get into it in this episode, 
people are like, what? You know, but it should have been like he had an all white crew, you know, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted to make it all, you know, super sweet and shit. So Steve steals, I mean, you know, steals his storyline. And then in this episode, he regains his storyline. You know, he reclaims his time, mm-hmm. takes his shit back and says it, you know, like they suppressed me. They did it. So it's really meta in so many different ways. So that's yeah. all for you. Yeah. And this, as I mentioned, this being just a powerful conversation between Sam and Isaiah, it it let me sit here and think through my imagination. Like, what mm. if we were in a world, and, and we're talking about the comic book or the MCU world, but what if we were in a world where Isaiah was done right? Like, he wasn't done dirty by the government. He was given, possible happy weren't treated the way they normally are treated. Sam would have, an, assuming everything else being equal, Sam would have had an entirely different model for what it means to be Captain America and what Captain America represents, what Captain America could look like. Um, and even having someone to be, to, to, to mentor him, to train him up into that Captain America thing, would that have changed how Sam feels? No, maybe, I don't know. But I mean, to me, that's just more of what Sam, the, the, the imaginary world that Sam tends to have in his head about what he wants things to be. Mm. But no, that's a great question right there. And that goes even into our world. It's like, what if we lived in a world where black people were allowed to be the superheroes? Like. That's something that people do, you know, whenever they make this claim about, why do you want to change Superman to be black? Why can't blah, blah, blah? Because Negro. <laughs> there has been one major character. Uh, I, I actually saw a thread on this the other day. People were trying to name major characters created after like a certain year, let's say 1990, you mm-hmm. know, which is now 30 something years ago that have blown up, you know, in comic books. And it's like Deadpool. Hmm. That's the list. Damn. You know, and now you have things like Invincible, but Invincible is just a homage to other things. You know, it's basically Superman told in a different way. Yeah. You know, which is a lot of comics, honestly. And so there's not many. And in the time that all these major characters, when all the groundwork was being set, when all the, you know, foundational shit was being done, they had to be all white. There couldn't be no people of color anywhere in the comics. And as we'll get into later, not only that, the comics were directly propaganda and ridiculously racist in some cases, in a lot of cases, you know, when these characters were created. So mm-hmm. it's just a correction. You know what I mean? Y'all see how the stock market, how coins correct. Mm-hmm. This is just a correction. It's not doing anything when you, you know, change these colors. And it's necessary. Because certain mm-hmm. characters are, you know, just are always going to be huge. Superman, is all, he's got 100 years on any new character. Damn. I hear you. No, I that's I hear you, Ben. Yeah. So it just, ima- and, and so that goes to what I'm saying with that point is imagine what a world would be like if we'd grown up. Where I remember in the 90s when Milestone came out and people like Icon and shit like that started popping, static, you know, static shock. And kids tried to grow up with that cartoon. So it was a different world for them. But yeah. when I was growing up, there was nothing like that. You know, it was white, white, white. You know, everything white. You know, that's why when people <laughs> ask me, like, who did you relate to? I was like, Cyclops and Rogue. Right. Because right. I love the X-Men and Storm was kind of unrelatable, you know? Right. <laughs> so, I, I, I'm, I said the same. I said the yeah. same on, on the main show. So yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. But imagine if there was mad people of every color, you know, at that point. Right. Well, this is why also, particularly within this conversation between Sam and Isaiah, why that importance of black people having the ability to tap into Mm -hmm. their elders, tap into your ancestors, 
why it's so f- wild disrespectful when you say shit like I'm not your ancestors. Yes, the fuck mm. you are, because your ass wouldn't be here today if you wasn't. Yep. That having that ability to tap into the history, into the past, and also having that ability to have and build generational wealth and ownership, that is incredibly important. And there's several examples or instances of 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 what could be even within this episode. Obviously, this conversation between Sam and Isaiah. Mm especially also with Sam's nephews, how they look up to him and how mm-hmm. and, and they're growing up with him. Like, again, I don't know how much Sam be around, but right now it just seems like they always around enough where they know they uncle and mm-hmm. they, they know what he's about and what he, and what he represents and what he does. And he's and, a fucking superhero. And he's Imagine a that. superhero. Yeah. Like an internationally known superhero. Yeah. So as you said, imagine growing up with that. Yeah, you could say it comes with its own set of pressures, but also just to have that excellence to look up to, that, that's mm-hmm. something different. Yep. Even towards the end, when Sarah, she changes her mind on selling the boat and she agrees with Sam that needs to be kept in his family. That's th- that idea of preserving black history. And I'm, as I mentioned, building of generational wealth, building of ownership, especially in a country where black history is erased on a daily. Mm. That matters. Say it. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Uh, in the case of being black in America and being Captain America, like we, we have. I try to split it into these two points of view, Sam's and Isaiah's. Mm. And and Ben, feel free to just jump in whatever when you want to expound on anything. But when we're talking about Isaiah's point of view, just some of the quotes that he says, which, which and again, just make a lot of sense for him. Those stars and stripes mean no- nothing good to me. Ooh, he said, keep it covered, boy. Like, <laughs> keep and it wo- covered. <laughs> and once again, we told y'all, you know, like when we said it, Isaiah don't give no fucks at this point. I completely out of fucks to give about anything regarding Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yep. After as Isaiah is speaking, Sam's uh, like for constantly saying, "I don't understand," and, and Isaiah is like looking at him like, "Negro, you understand?" But he specifically says, "You understand." Every black man does. Man, this like, I just he, don't think people are ready for this from a Marvel series. You know what I mean? Because this was well, some, they got it. it's too late now. It's too out late there. now, you know, because <laughs> this was hard. You know? Yeah. Like, the next one you have here, if you ain't bitter, you're blind, was, like... It's bars. I, you know, and it's it's more than that. It's, like, tough because I try and not be bitter, you know? Like, you ask yeah. me what it's like to be a black man, and, like, to, like it's, I try my damnedest not to be bitter, you know? I posted the other day on Insta where I'm, like, smiling and talking about how that's a form of revolution because, you yeah. know, you're supposed to not smile, you know? People always like, you know, mm, you gotta be hard and all that. I'm like, man, fuck that life. You know what I mean? I'm living. I'm blessed to be alive. You know, I'm in this country that doesn't want me to be alive. So yeah. So so you you smiling in defiance also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, and I also understand why if you did feel better, why you would look at what you're dealing with. Oh, From I know. Birth. I mean, yeah. The thing is, I'm. That's the thing. I don't. I don't like to be angry because I feel like anger. I mean, while I do agree that anger does get shit done, you know, shout out to the first season of American Gods and the imaginary second one. Um, <laughs> but what I don't, what I don't understand is like that constant letting it kill me. You know, but that's my problem. We already suffer from hypertension, etc. I'm not going to allow this shit to kill me. I talk about when I was locked up, you know, a lot because it's one of life changing things. But I said, I'm not going to allow this instance to take away my smile. That was what I thought about and wrote down first day I was there, you know, because I was mm-hmm. like, ah, this shit ain't going to break me. 
You know what I mean? And I'm not going to mm-hmm. let America do that to me either. So, you that's know, cool. that's just how I feel. I hear that. But I, I'm Isaiah all the way. What do you say? You know, uh, you you know, no black man, no self-respecting black man would want to be Captain America. That's something else that people are like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I am Patriot. I'm like, no, that's not the, y'all leaving out the part of this conversation. Yeah. Because they're talking, you know, they want to harp on the line, you know, America wouldn't allow you to be Captain America. The bars are no self-respecting black man would be Captain America. Would want it. Would want it. You know what I mean? Because that's what, that's that history of America. That's that propaganda tool. That's what I keep harping on. And that's what I feel people are not getting. People came at me like, like in, let's say in the MCU, people would see Steve fighting aliens, would see him fighting Ultron. America would still be bombing you know, countries on the daily, right? Mm-hmm. So it would still be Captain America, right? You know, mm-hmm. they might, some people might personally like Steve. That still don't change the fact that the propaganda, when them bombs, when them start bombs was coming in, I don't think they're going to like Iron Man anymore. You know, we've seen that with WandaVision. Like, that's the thing. I think, you know, one thing people ignore what we saw in WandaVision to happen to white people, you know, and what I'm talking about is worldwide how America bombs brown people for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, so... They're going to feel a way about Captain America. He's going to be propaganda to them just the way Isaiah just said it. No self-respecting black man because we know what America represents. Like I said last week, if there was a Captain America real life, every black person or every person who, you know, self-respecting in my eyes would be like, what the fuck, nigga? (laughs) You know what I mean? Especially if he'd been white for the last hundred years. You know, mm-hmm. and he came back to life white. You'd be like, God damn, they're bringing white people back to life now. Like, word. You know? <laughs> like, that's how y'all do it. Bringing white people back to life. Stop <laughs> that. <laughs> Stop it, Wanda. Uh, Shout out to the Twitch because I know they went nuts right there. Shout Woo! out twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Happy to have you all in the chat. I see you. We love you. Just continuing on this path uh, with Isaiah just giving his whole testimony and his story about what happened to him. He one of the things he expresses is after his his whole his whole crew got um, captured, he says the government would have blown up the POW camp to hide evidence, obviously evidence of their super soldier experiments versus make the efforts to free his men. And for it, he got beat, punished, thrown in jail, et cetera, et cetera, experimented, et cetera, et cetera. And this is. This this story about how he got you, how he was used, how he was lied to by the government, how they treated like him and the other men that they experimented on, how they reduced their humanity and erased them, just like how this country has done to countless black people, as Isaiah says, quote, for 500 years. Mm. And you see that in every single facet of life in this country. And just just to give you just a little taste in the military where we've, we've talked about that already a lot in science. This also that that story, truth, the comic you said at the top mm-hmm. of the show, that looped in shades uh, or they looped in the actual story of the Tuskegee syphilis study. Yep. Where they experimented on black men and, and lied to them and told them it was one thing and got them. Tetanus. Sick on, yeah. Te- was it tetanus? Yeah. They told so them it was tetanus so, so, shots. So when. Oh, so when Isaiah says tetanus in the show, that's what. OK. Uh, said that it was tetanus shot, but it's really clearly getting them sick and then experimenting them, seeing how it affects them. Mm-hmm. Um. You see it happen in education. You see it happen in society at large, even including our accomplishments. I think things like hidden figures, et cetera. Like it's, and then when we do get the props, it's 50, 100, 150 years later. And then when we start to do anything 
it is destroyed, as in the case of Black Wall Street. And Black Wall Street is just simply the most famous. As we talked about on the Safe Negro pod, when we were discussing Lovecraft Country, there was what, what did they call it, the Red Summer, where it was like 50 to 70 different towns, you know, or some shit like that, got burned to the ground. You know, mm, like, it, it, yeah. This is, and this is after, you know, two, what, 400 plus years of slavery, you know, of the most ridiculous form of slavery that humankind has ever seen, where there's never been a kind of slavery like that before, where you couldn't buy your way out of it. I mean, you, I mean, let's say technically you could, but you were born into it. There was not, you know, slavery had not been established like that on a massive scale to this nature where you were born into it simply by the color of your skin. And that final line, I mean, I mean, Isaiah said a lot, but just, just in terms of what we're highlighting here, he says, you think things are different? You think times are different? He said, leave me buried. Leave my name gone. You know, you think I won't be dead in a day mm-hmm. if you put me out mm-hmm. there? And that's, and that's sad. Like, it's the, the tragedy behind the realization and the truth about that. It's better to just stay buried than to for 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 even the people to know the truth because it's going to cause you more harm, mm-hmm. and also generational harm and trauma continue down the line because if something did happen, to Isaiah, what happens to his grandson? I remember Richard Pryor. Used to, I think it was Richard. I'm pretty sure it was Richard. He used to have this joke about the first black president where he'd be like he'd be living his first speech like this. No, no, no. Richard Pryor he, said that. Yeah, because he's trying to dodge the snipers. No, no, I know what you meant by doing that. I'm just saying. Yes. And, and so and, and that's and that's real because when Barack Obama first became president, I and you wouldn't think you would think, oh, you should be so I mean, someone who maybe is non-black may think, oh, you should be so happy. Da, da, da. My first thought was fear. Yeah. Because I thought something may happen to him. Just and that's because he why was black. You saw Barack toe the line that he did. You know? Because they've killed white presidents for less. That is true. And also <laughs> that idea that that what Isaiah said about no self-respecting black men want to be Captain America, that you can that's analogous with being president too. Mm-hmm. Because that's how they talk people have have have, have shared or the viewpoint they've shared about Barack. They like, yep. why would you want to become president of this type of country? Yeah. Mm. So that leads us into Sam's point of view, which is Again, I, I don't know if it's, it's, I mean, in many ways it is smartly hopeful and very Barack Obama, but mm-hmm. also in some ways it still reads like naive, naivete to me. I, I, I'm, i and maybe he's, he's starting to ride this line. Do, do I think, think Falcon has a problem? No, I said, do you think that Falcon has a problem with dreadlocks? <laughs> I don't like, know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does he think dreadlocks can't be in the Avengers? I, you know. Well, you can't have it while you're flying around. It might get caught up in the boosters or something. Here's another know, question. <laughs> I I think we... Wow. It was just... Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just threw me completely off. That took me a second to even catch that one, too. The disrespect. All right. Oh, um, what I just move... said? Oh. Yeah. Move... Moving I say... on. I said a lot of uh, stuff because... under my breath, y'all. Y'all got to be paying attention. Yeah. Um, but we... <laughs> what I asked before... I think we were talking about this before the show... Do you feel that Sam's character has gotten enough service this series? Ooh, say that five times fast. Did Sam's character get enough service this series? Sam, I am. To be the title character, I think it's questionable. 
to me, we haven't really gotten deep into the realness until right now, episode five. Mm-hmm. We've re- pretty much grazed this surface all throughout, and and there's been touches here and there, and a lot of. I just think we haven't gotten to the deepness of what, of this story of him becoming or not becoming Captain America or whatever until right now. And for a series that's only six episodes, that's where the question comes in. Like, does that make sense? But also I understand like, are they, can they really sit here and spend six episodes talking about the deepness of that? Mm. And still be, as they say, entertaining. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I I would not want him to do that. But at the same time, just as he has he had taken enough action, you know, has he been enough of a protagonist where he's been like, yo, I'm moving things, I'm doing things, you know? Not really. I, how do you feel? Kind of in the middle. I think one of the things is that is that is his character. Is that what they're at least because before this, you know, Sam has barely had much of a character. Yes. He does he done some cold blooded shit in the movies. I always yeah. you know love his action. He always be murking people and shit, you know, always like that. But um I think they're establishing that he is the mediator, you know, he's the guy, mm-hmm. he is like Steve would be in he's these like situations. Steve. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there's not going to be a lot, but Steve just had more of a take charge. I'm gonna be Captain America thing, you know, when you first meet him. And so he- that or he not, executed. I'm gonna be Captain you think America. he executed more than than Sam? Sam talks more than than execution. Yes, well, that's just the situations he's been placing so far. Because as we see in this episode, my man gets busy when the uh, you know when it's time to throw. When it's time to get busy, he gets busy. Correct. And he definitely left Bucky in the plane in the very first episode. Like <laughs> you know, f y'all, you know, I got plans. So I I don't I, I I'm don't in the middle. Really, I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I'm in the middle on that. Particularly when it comes to Sam's point of view, and you have this in big bold letters. I don't get it, okay? I mean, he said it. You know, that was Sam. I don't get it. You know, like he don't get. Once again, what is it that he doesn't get? Specifically, I feel like what they were saying is that he doesn't get why Isaiah, even after he got out of prison for thirty years, you know, came out and told the truth. Like, I mean, right. Jesus, Sam, is it that difficult to, you know? Well. <sighs> Later on, he says, Sam does say, he goes, what was yes. all the pain and sacrifice for if you're not going to continue fighting? And, and he also says, if if I was him, I might have done the same. Right. You know? So he, he's oscillating, too. I mean, he, he's, he's trying to, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's interrogating himself. I get that. Yep. I get that. Yes. He's, he's trying to figure it out. And mm-hmm. it's just that him constantly saying, I don't get it, it's annoying. <laughs> it's just like... I mean, why don't well, you just say you're thinking through it, you're trying to understand, I don't, I don't know, just him just yeah, saying honest. that. He is being honest. Yeah, he's being honest and upfront. I don't get it. You know, and, and I, what and man I, ever says that? Ooh, and I ooh. mentioned a little bit about just the slight feeling of naivete because he says, you know, he insists the world is different and he knows people. He once again, man. who, who you know? Yeah, your ass can't even get a bank loan. Who you know? I, I listen. I think I can get a bank loan. I mean, I might know somebody at a bank. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people. That's all I'm saying. You know, I might be able to get some help or something. Yeah. And I I mentioned his very, he has this hope platform similar to like Obama. Like he, he wa- and he said it before, he wants to make the change by fighting anyway. He wants to build this world where, as you see with his nephews, his nephews are playing with this shield. They, they, they are... That they they're looking up to this, like looking up to him specifically, but the fact that the shield for them represents something different. Like 
these children, children particularly, are not yet burdened by the ways of the world and the and and and, and at least when they're lucky and in the ways that adults see the world. And perhaps these children, these black kids, have may not have yet come up on the issues of being black in America. So they're still mm. very much in that impressionable. A very pure stage and yep. this is the hope and future that Sam seems to want to realize mm-hmm. <sighs> it's, just, it's sad because like I said when you put that next to what Isaiah is saying and then you see these little kids playing with the shit like, like and again they're just looking at it like it's a toy but just not two days ago it had the blood of a terrorist all over it yeah and not only are they looking at it as a toy they're inspired by it like we see that later with his Son wants the training montage. I mean, not his son, his uncle, his nephew wants the training montage is done. His nephew sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. fingering the star, like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, seeing his, you know, his uncle, like, yo, my uncle's fucking Captain America, you know? Mm-hmm. And when they're playing with it, they're playing with it like Cap, you know, they're using it as a shield. They're not using it like John did, like, ah, you know, they're over there using it what it's supposed to be a shield to protect, to inspire, you know? Yeah. And it's little black kids, so it is different. Yeah. And, yeah. And when it all comes down to everything, it comes down to this quote by Sam where he's, when he's talking to Bucky and he's, uh, when he's training right before he does the montage, he says, the legacy of the shield is complicated, mm-hmm. dot, 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 dot. And this was actually really interesting that they even wrote this. I was, I was shocked in a good way, but I was shocked. Bucky admitting that neither him nor Steve understood what it meant to hand a black man the shield. Yes, perhaps that was also a very on the nose point, but it was also like black man. Yeah, black man. But the fa- it was very black man. But just the fact that a, a character actually admitted to this, yes, and said it, and then apologized, it was just yeah. like, oh, and it wasn't a, and it wasn't the typical stance that 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 a lot of white people take, right? Like, well, that was my that was my great 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 triple great grandfather, <laughs> like. I didn't have slaves. They did. Like, oh, nobody, I was born in 1935. Oh, born, like, nobody you know? asked you all that, bro. You come from a line that is that begat privilege from those actions. Mm. So you and are part of it. You are part of it. Just day. apologize. Mm. Amongst other things. But <laughs> I'm just saying. And in that conversation, when when Bucky apologizes like, and he he says how they, and he doesn't say this verbatim, but it's essentially what he's saying is they didn't consider the implications nor the history of the shield, uh, of what it represented. At least Bucky himself, I don't know about anybody else, but Buck, and we know uh, Cap did, and Bucky knew about Isaiah Bradley mm-hmm. and knew it was bad to the point that he felt like he didn't want to tell nobody. Mm. Like, Bucky's not dumb. Bucky's a sucker. <laughs> Why is he a sucker? Son, all right. Wait, there's a couple things I, I take from this conversation, right? First, I'll talk about Bucky as a sucker, and then I'll talk about the other one. Bucky's a sucker because he's whipped for the shield, right? He can't have Steve back, so the shield represents everything to him. And so he's like, oh, my God, why didn't you take the shield? Uh, You know, after they beat up on Walker. And let me let me also say, John Walker held his own against both them dudes, you know, man. My after man taking a super soldier shield, yes. Yeah, I mean, but he, you know, shit. Bucky got it. Why can't he? He got his ass beat by, I mean, the Dormelage or something motherfucking else. But he got his ass beat by people who were not superpowered. So I don't. Well, I, I, I'm not so really that puts that. the door above Bucky and Falcon too, because he's straight facts. up facts, you know, because he held it down for them. But anyway, he's a sucker for the shield, right? But this also begs the question: Is how disrespectful this series has been treating Sharon Carter? Ooh. Like I thought it was doing better than you know the actual Winter Soldier storyline. <laughs> But they are getting close because if Sam can apologize, I mean, if Bucky can apologize to Sam for what 
they did by giving him the shield. Where is the apology to Sharon for, yo, I'm going to go bounce and fuck your aunt or your great aunt, whatever it is. But uh, hope you're all right in Madripoor. Oh, that's Steve. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, like, gosh. I... See this glove? I could help. You know, I've right. got the damn Infinity Stones right, right here, right. you know. But... Right. I, but, you know, in that apology, like, like, like Bucky was alluding to, like, they didn't, they, meaning him and Steve, they didn't consider those implications nor the history. Mm-hmm. And but in a lot of ways, I don't really expect them to because no. that they're white. They don't live that. They don't have that live experience of being black, and they don't have to make those life choices every single day and and think about what certain moves would do to their being as a person. And so you're saying because they're men, they didn't think about what it would do to a woman like Sharon either. Probably amongst yeah. other. I mean, that's what y'all do. Um. One last point in this, <laughs> you know, we talked about the blood was washed off and the kids they're playing, boy. Rest in peace, Nico. You died for nothing, nothing. fam. The kids <laughs> are all like, you know, we, we talked about this last week, how it'd be, you know, how his legacy would live on. People would always remember that blood on that shield. Wrong. You know, like well, these kids. Now, 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 the only thing I would say is, remember, it was recorded. People didn't have their phones out. Yeah, I- but there's going to be kids who grow up and be like, whatever, you know, like. <laughs> Falcon's been her cap for like 15 years, dog. You know, y'all still worried about that? Nope. Falcon saved us from Thanos part two. You know, like, then I not going to be thinking about Nico anymore, dog. Nico, you know, this will probably be dead, your last mention. Dead for nothing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just, a, <laughs> just, just a couple more themes to go. Not your last mention. Just, just a couple more themes to go. Mission and mention. I actually brought this back from a few episodes back. We had mm-hmm. the theme of mirrors. Well, I'm calling it Mirrors Reloaded. Because there were tons of mirrors and inverses throughout this episode, particularly starting when we talk about John and, um, well, there's two people, John and Carly and also John and Isaiah Bradley. So John and Carly, when he when he's had when he's at his arraignment or whatever that was, uh, and the council says what they have to say, and he's yelling back at them. He says, you built me. He's stating that he is who he is and very similar to what Benami has been saying for quite some time. He was trained and molded to be that way. Now he has a super soldier soldier serum. He lost his best friend. He created an international incident, which results in him doubling down on his belief. And as Lamar had mentioned in the previous life, power makes a person more of what they are. Carly was part of previous life. (laughs) Carly was part of a people who were left behind after the blip, as we know, and was summarily thrown away once the GRC was established and, and, and push us, push people into these, um, Put these people into the displaced people camps. Now she has a super solar serum, has lost friends, and Mama Donia, you know, her bestie, essentially, and created an international incident when she blew up the depot, which results in her doubling down and further radicalizing in her beliefs, especially after what she saw John did to Nico. And as we said, his death now means nothing. How many times do we have to pay with our lives just to be citizens of this planet, Carly says. Then I mean, you think that's BS. What the fuck Why? has she been talking about this whole time? <laughs> like, what, what, like, you ain't had to pay with, no, I mean, how many, what, what about the people you killed? What, the, she's what talking lies? about the people, she's talking about, what she's, uh, Matthias, Nico, Mama Donia, she's talking about all No, the I know they and, died. I'm yeah. not talking about that. What about the soldiers you killed? The people, you know, my man, two weeks on the job who got kids. What? Violence is the only language they understand. All right. But what is your plan? And once again, <laughs> what is your plan? ass. The, like, you called me. I don't me. think the child had a, a full, full plan. 
Man, not you yet. just called her a child. See, that's what I'm saying. No, Infantile. I'm not saying the child. Yeah. Literally, yeah, I'm know. talking about like this child. Yeah, this child. This child. Yeah, because yeah. I get it. Because, yeah, this woman, you know, <laughs> like no type of sense. Like, <sighs> yeah. When we see talking about more mirrors, Sam is consistently trying to de-escalate the situation, talk people down from jumping out the window. He does it with Carly. He does mm-hmm. it with John. Even, even before they start fighting, he says, well, if you explain what happened, they may consider your record. Again, very naive. <laughs> but he says it anyway. This mirrors Lamar, who is constantly trying or had been constantly trying to be the voice of reason with John, and people ignore them. The both of them, they just ignore them. I mean, I just love that, you know, Falcon has these sudden morality. And I know that these guys didn't write that thing, and it's always been questionable. But Falcon pulled out Uzis on Ant-Man. You know, like he, with no it, problem, dog. I mean, no when problem. Do that? In the first Ant Man film, when when see people forget these movies, like uh-huh. like some like that same person who I wouldn't have retweeted with the everything was also pointing out how like you know I've talked about this how Tony uses missiles and blew up Arabic people and people have no problem because hey it's these Arabic people getting blown up by this you know guy in an armored suit like it's more so that it's the it's uh, called it the mascot syndrome. Tony's mm. mascot is that of destruction and yes. war and all that stuff. So no one's surprised by that. Just like you asked me, why don't no one react when mm-hmm. the military does it? Because that's what their that's what their brand is. But like I said, Cap in the you know has consistently been murdering people throughout his films. Uh, Falcon in the first Ant Man film, when Ant Man tries to in- infiltrate the Ventress compound, my man pulls out the double gats and starts spraying. Well, I don't immediately. I remember that. Like, but, immediately. But, 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 but at least, has no idea who this right, dude is. At least going back to Steve Rogers and just Steve Rogers real quick. Just, yes, he has killed countless, murdered, all the other stuff. The, the, the reason why there is such a market difference with how people are reacting to John mm-hmm. and that is because John is doing shit that's unnecessary. You can sit there all day and yell about how Captain America, the real Captain America, didn't need to do all that. Mm-hmm. But Captain America stops short of killing people when he don't need to kill them. He really does. And I'll go ahead. That's all that's that cute shit. You know, back okay. to that. Because <laughs> because once again, the people following Cap are blowing them up. Like that's what I said last week. What's worse? This dude hitting one terrorist with a shield or them going on TV every night like we see in the real world, where we see drone missiles hitting buildings containing countless people every day. Mm. You know, that's what I keep talking about. It's like it goes back to what the Joker said. It's like we are so desensitized to one thing and then we get so upset about this. But in the even in the films we've seen, we have seen Cap leading troops in the battle with tanks and shit following him. And in the real world, in World War One and Two, countless people died by U.S. And, you know, the U.S. is an imperialistic country. Like, sure, World War II, we had Hitler and stuff. But once again, people paint that as just good versus evil. While Hitler was... Definitely, you know, evil as fuck. What's America? You know, America's 50 years out of slavery at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> hold the fuck up. You know? <laughs> like, but we happy because it's Captain America and because we live here, you know? And so it's like, yay, you know, both of these niggas need to be stopped basically as my eyes, you know what I mean? Like, all these imperialists, you know, but hey. Ass Carly's also imperialistic as fuck too. Uh, we discussed this last week. Yeah. You, know, um, you know, you know, it's all mine. It's my power. You know, 
when can be citizens of this planet? Maybe when you live with other people instead of trying to kill them, you know, yeah. like yeah. maybe when you deal with the world that's been dealt to you instead of trying to change it. About trying to change the world. There's the mirrors again. Right. Everybody got to learn to stop then, changing the world. Change then, these people if around you. If you don't try to change the world, then what good is that doing? What good is all the struggle from before? Because what Sam learns and what he says is you can't change the world. You can't win every fight. You know, what you got to do is, like we talked about last week. Carly's not trying to win every fight. She's trying to win yes, one very specific is. fight. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. Explain. what What's every yeah. fight? Well, this is a fight she can't win. One, you got to okay. pick and choose because okay. you can't change the world back unless you're willing to kill half of the people on it. Mm, 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 you know what I mean? Mm, unless you're willing mm. to do what was done already. And she's not really willing to do that. You know, at the same time, what I mean when I talk about changing the world, like we talk about on the show, I don't believe that we're going to change the world. What I believe we're going to do is change people individually. And then what I'm hoping is that those change people go out and change other people because they will because... They're going to, you know, hopefully adopt, you know, the things that we talk about, the things we live, you know, just, and even in a smaller circle than that, beyond the people we listen to, what I try and do is change the people around me, mm. you know what I mean? And then hopefully other people change around them. And then I try and be changed by the people I meet, you know what I mean? And learn things. And hopefully we are all making a better world like that. And thus we change the world. But like I keep saying, revolutions don't happen from thousands of people like Carly's doing Oh, you all get out your phone and everybody come and meet at this point and we're all going to go do some shit. That ain't how it works. She has what she needs. She has all these people who listen to her, a very small group. That very small group can go out and make massive change. But what they want to do is rule. Or what Carly wants to do is rule. You know, she wants the power for herself. I keep talking about this. Mm. She did not give them, you know, joints to nobody else. She was like, I'm going to build an army, you know, with the serum. I'm, 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 you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good point, Ben. Clown shit. <laughs> I, I mentioned the mirror of John and Isaiah. Um, to, to some degree, there is a mirror there. During John's arraignment, uh, despite being this perfect soldier for the government and living by their mandates, as he quotes, mm. his actions, killing Nico with the shield, overshadow everything. Yep. He's and and I told you in the beginning why, mm. but and regardless of how you feel about it, like the, the government's like absolutely not. He's giving he's given an other than honorable discharge, which is an actual type of discharge. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's people usually know the only the first two honorable and dishonorable, but there's actually several. It's like maybe five or six different types, um, and this is the most severe of the administrative discharges, which mm. means you don't require court martial, you don't require like that full trial and all that other shit. They just okay. tell you on paper. You know, it's clipped for you. Get the step. Goodbye. Um, which results in him having no rank in retirement, receiving no benefits, and he can no longer act in any capacity of government in the military. The one thing he was, as Ben I mean says, he was bred, born, and, and or not born, but bred to be, he can no longer have. Yep. And he, John argues that he was just doing what he was told. He was just doing what he was trained to do. He's just doing what he was told to be. And Similarly, remember what Isaiah was saying, where he was, as a soldier, he was doing what he was told. He was doing what he was trained to do and what he was trained to be. Yes, under false pretenses. You can also argue that John maybe have been given this mantle under false pretenses. But mm -hmm. Isaiah particularly was given this under lies and told that he, he's this and that. And Isaiah did everything he was supposed to do for the country and what the government wanted to do. And for his efforts, they clipped him. Yep. 
and obviously, like I said, obviously there's a difference between John's treatment and Isaiah's treatment on multiple levels. But I'm just wanted to, I did recognize, Ben, that parallel. Well, mm-hmm. how the government will throw away their own, especially if it interferes with some grand design, regardless of what you've done for them. Yeah. And that's what I keep talking about. The system Fs everyone and it separates everyone. You know, that's how it wins because everyone's getting fucked. You know, there's only 5% of people, you know, who are really at the top and really, you know, really controlling people. I saw a man, Ben, this uh, this internet hip-hop jeweler had, you know, a member of the 5% in their bio. And I was just like, you know, no, you don't get it, dog. You're not, you know, <laughs> this, like, I don't care how rich you are. You're not affecting the world. You know what I mean? You're not one of those people who are really, you know, moving the world like that. Everyone else is pretty much getting screwed. You know, you might have money, you might have more power, you might have more privilege, but you're still getting, you know. And if you're uh, any type of human who cares about the rest of the people around you, you know that whatever benefits you have just come from, you know, birth and stuff like that. Like, John was definitely born to be a soldier, probably. His parents, probably grandparents are probably military. You know, this is probably some handed down. Like, his dad is like, oh, my son going, you know, follow me, you know, and Bred it right on into him from birth. Mm. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So everybody, like, John is definitely an effed up individual, but he was raised to be an effed up individual. You know what I mean? That's just something that was part of this system. And that's why it's dope that Sam is trying to reach him, but, you know, like Carly, he might not be able to be reached at this point. Mirrors. I also don't feel sorry for him and still don't like him. I know you don't, but you feel sorry for Carly because she's cute. I don't feel sorry for Carly. Okay, cool then. No, 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 no. I, I said, I said, that. I understood her. Well, we never were there. Like, okay. I never felt sorry for her. I just understood where she was coming from, and do not dislike her like I dislike John. Oh, so see. yeah, pretty privilege wins again. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> if John was fine, it wouldn't matter. If John looked It'd like be different. If John looked like Thor, no, I'm just telling you, John looked like Thor, no, because it's about your actions. And oh. go ahead. Shout out to, like I said this last week, shout out to my man's acting because it is insane this week. Like, once we talk about Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it's on point. It is ridiculously good. You know, I mean, my man is just going off in this episode. And like I said, that shows that's why you hate him because he's so good at delivering this, you know, effed up character. But it's not how he lives. Chris Hemsworth could probably do the same thing because Chris Mm -hmm. Hemsworth's a great actor. And so Chris Hemsworth for delivering this same, you would hate him too. But you'd be like, damn, Chris Hemsworth looks good. <laughs> of course I said he's fine, but he's wrong. <laughs> and the other thing is you don't know this actor, you know, like that uh, his probably. Name is, his name is Wyatt Russell. Yeah, Wyatt Russell. You know, he's, like I said, he's the son of Hollywood royalty. So, you know, he got the looks bred into him. So you're, you know, already geared to like him just by, you know, you've grown up looking at his parents, right? And, you know, like, oh, yes. Uh-huh. Not my type. But. No, I, I mean, that's that's personal. That's what I'm saying. But okay. people in general, that's why he can be put on the screen. Nepotism, et cetera. And also uh, Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. always just chooses people who look similar. Because they're like, oh, that worked. You know, and so this is the son of two people who worked. So they're like, okay, boom. You know, push him to the front. That being said, right, he's a great actor. All that he's making, you know, I like him. But Chris Hemsworth, let's say Chris Hemsworth suddenly plays a villain in his next role. And he's great at it. But you're still going to be like, damn, Thor is being a villain right here, you know? Like, <laughs> Thor. you know, damn, <laughs> Thor, Thor, I miss Thor. you being, you know, I miss <laughs> Thor being good, you know? Like, what's this about, you know? But this guy, you don't know like that. So it's just like, fuck John Walker, you know what I mean? Like, and that's all you know, you know what I mean? So that's why it's different. And that's why, you know, this dude's doing a hell of a job, man. Yeah. But let's Pretty r- Privilege would still win out. Let's round out these, round mm-hmm. down on these themes. 
the I just want to quickly mention the aspect of one world, one people, and how. Oh man. Yeah. As we, I said Zemo was right. Ben said Ben was right <laughs> in terms of of Carly and what she represents because we see just even obviously the actions and what they're doing of this group evolving to more violence, but also even that that phrasing "one world, one people" is becoming surreptitous in its usage and moving really close to Hail Hydra is moving to a really Nazi esque place. It always which, starts off with good intentions, you know? Yo, which was funny because I didn't hear this, but I saw it when they did the preview in the beginning of this episode where, um, uh, you know, the preview where where Sam tried mm-hmm. to talk to Carly and then John Walker busts in and she calls him a Nazi and punches him. I didn't realize she called him a Nazi, but apparently mm-hmm. she did. Yep, so, she did. Okay, so I just found that funny that now you have your peoples who are on your cause talking about one more one people like Hail Hydra. Like... Wait a minute! This is not what I signed up for when I was on y'all's flag smasher side. That's exactly what Cheap Bones was thinking when she started smiling when she right. Called now, I feel criminal. like an idiot, like Dovich. His name is Dovich, not Cheap Bones, even though he has beautiful Cheap Bones. Definitely. But Dovich, I feel like Dovich, like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. That was the first time because her dumbass speech. You know, they man- she managed to get him from wherever they were to New York, but then in New York, when she was like, "Yo, I'm a criminal," <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, fuck, I should have, you know. Like, yeah, he said, like, oh, I, we don't. No, but, but, but also because they was out there in, in broad daylight I know, looking at bombs and, and guns and shit. And she was like, and, and Carly was like looking at this shit like it was fucking candy, Skittles and shit. And 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 he's like, excuse me, ma'am. This is weapons of mass destruction. What are we this doing? This is a Wendy's. This is a Wendy's. <laughs> This man. Relax. We are in Bryant's Park. Yeah, for real, it was. Dude. Um, oh man! But you know what? That phrase "one world, one people." Like, like I said, it, it didn't have the same connotation in the beginning. And if you look at it on the flip side, about that idea of the, at least the pure idea of one world, one people. Think about, for example, how Sam's community came together as one people when he called in favors to mm. fix the boat. All of these people had a legacy of friendship and familiarity with his parents. They all lived and helped each other. His parents particularly did so much for this community that at a moment's notice, as soon as Sam, and hey, this is the one time Sam said, oh, I could call somebody. It actually worked, Sam. You called people, and they actually came and did something. What did I say? You called the people that you know. You changed the world around you, and that's you how you changed the world. Community. You said that. Community. And, that, and that's what I'm saying. That original, pure thought of one world people being community it's, it's the other side of the coin, right? Like, and mm-hmm. it, use, let's use Sarah as an example. Be, uh, not Ben, but Sam talks about how she acts like her mother. How when Sarah's telling her sons to go bring some food to the other kids in the neighborhood. Which is also reminds me of what we know about Mama Donya. Because that's what Mama Donya did. Mm-hmm. At, at least that's what they said that she did. She brought all these people, these displaced people in. She fed them. She clothed them. She did this and that. Gave them shelter. This idea of one world, one people, which had a much purer standpoint, and where even Sam says, I'm not sure that's where Mama Danya wanted you to go. Like, I'm not sure you're translating the Bible right. I don't think it means that. Oh, bars from Tatiana right there. I didn't even peep the Sarah and Mama Danya connection. Yeah. And and, and this is an interesting point, Ben. You want to make real quick about Mama Danya? Yes, I've heard this throughout the internet, is that Mama Donya's storyline was cut down due to COVID because Mama Donya's storyline involves her dying of a virus that's growing around. And that's why Carly was in those trucks. She had antidotes. 
That's why she had vaccines. It was vaccines. vaccine. She literally said vaccine. There it is. And so they cut sense. that storyline because they didn't want people, you know, like, oh, damn, COVID again and all that, et cetera. Yeah, don't want to be depressed even more except for Captain America decapitating somebody with the shield. You know, and of course the blackness, which is depressing enough, but, you know, yeah. that, we yeah. live with that. You know, we don't always live with COVID, hopefully, you know. Yeah. Um, But on that note, Mama Donia's storyline, you know, probably would have helped us imp- you know, even more fuel for Carly, et cetera. And it might have helped flesh out her wild nonsense-ass plan of, you know, I don't know what she's about to do, disrupt the GRC. Oh, you know, we disrupted your meeting. Now you can't vote. You know? But see, but, when she's saying disrupt, like, you don't have to, you don't need grenades and, and bombs oh yeah, she, and all I that mean, to she's disrupt. She's talking about blowing them up. She, yeah. She's talking about something else. She's saying, so the vote never happens. In yeah, what murder, murder, way, murder. Carly? Sounds like them, you know, January 6th, all over again, doesn't it? Ooh. Sounds very, it's giving me insurrectionist vibes. Yeah, giving me insurrectionist vibes. And also, really, once again, um, silly vibes because <laughs> there's dudes with guns there and you were running from Zemo. One man with yeah. a pistol. Let yeah. me hide behind this table. What are you going to do now? Yeah. No That's more the thing, they, they don't quite seem to be trained. Like, they no, know a little not. bit, but they're not trained like like John Walker train. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, or like Sam and Bucky or train. Or Sam and Bucky train. No. Because no. they wouldn't be running from Zemo facts. They need a training montage themselves. <laughs> and the training montages is one of the 80s, 90s action themes that are prevalent through this episode. Ben Amin's favorite. Yeah. That the famous training montage, Sam gets one when he's training with the shield. It was beautiful. It was, it was actually very well done. It was just on point with that whole concept. And that to, stunt double was putting th- in work. Work and actually did a. It was like a really good stunt double, like really. Good. I, I gotta mean, find out who the stunt double. Yeah, you I see gotta, him clearly in several shots, so he was definitely a really. I gotta good find black. out who that was, but um, also to me, it just reminded me of that little personification of, of what they say about uh, what we're taught as kids, uh, young black kids, having to work twice as hard. That mm-hmm. mantra, like Sam's not a super soldier at all yet, mm-hmm. or not at all ever. And no. he's not being supported. So you see how he struggles in the beginning. And this is a fairly long training montage too, but he's struggling until he gets to the point where he can catch the shield in his bare hands. Yes. And Chris Evans' stunt double was nowhere near that nice because you see Sam doing all kind of flips and stuff, like incorporating his Falcon styles, yeah. the same styles he was whooping on John Walker with, into using the shield. So that was fire. Yes. Now we just need a dress-up montage, you know, of him putting on the, the new suit. I need that. Next oh, episode. that's coming. When they do the, what, like the Batman that. Forever, when they zoom yes. in. Yes. <laughs> when they zoom into every piece of the suit getting put because on. Because that was a parody, you know. By that point, that was a parody. In yeah. the 80s, it was like, you know, super serious. You know, the music's playing. Rambo's putting a knife in the boot, you yeah. know, loading the guns. I yeah. need that. It's from probably Falcon coming. Uh, ben, I mean, you did get your wish. You talked about, you said this before. If you've ever watched, anyone's ever watched the, I guess, from the 80s, the Predator movie. Arnold, the original. The, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers does this famous handshake where you see their bulging biceps ripped. <laughs> and the, the camera, like they, 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 like, they do this, and the camera zooms in on their bulging biceps. They didn't go that far into the zoom in, but Sam and Bucky do a similar handshake during their impromptu therapy session in Louisiana. Play the line for me, Luna. Dylan! You son of a bitch. It was so beautiful. I mean, you know, and like we talked about this last week because we weren't sure where this, I thought it was going to happen in the last episode and then we weren't sure if it was just made for the trailer. But nope, here it was. 
the predator handshake. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> and also, I, I personally don't know what this movie's from. Maybe it's from all of them, like Lethal Weapon and all that. But this back and forth of the buddy cop stuff between Sam and Bucky about their title, right? They, mm-hmm. They're okay with maybe they're coworkers, maybe they're friends, maybe they're just a couple of guys, but they're not partners. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's I, I, I've heard that before, but I'm not sure somebody will have to help us with that. I do love how that last scene ends with them walking along the same path, but in different directions. So now they're on the same path together. Mm. You know, very observant. Yeah, and there's a lot of little, even very subtle uh, character growth, even with Bucky that we didn't talk about yet, when he's sleeping on the couch at Sarah's house. You know what I mean? Because he'd been sleeping on the floor throughout this, and now he's sleeping on the couch. He was comfortable. Yes, he was comfortable. And then you also see, I mean, he was definitely comfortable hitting on Sarah, right? <laughs> but we see once he's helping Sam with the boat and everything, he's not wearing the jacket. You know, he's got the short sleeves. Sam even makes a joke about it. He's not hiding he's, his arm, which he he's called, not hiding his hides. arm. He took the gloves off, all that, you yeah. know, because oh, he's comfortable. That's an amazing like, observation about the, about the couch, yes. Yeah, I mean, but, and also it's the observation that Bucky loves the blacks. <laughs> Like, my man's been in Wakanda, you know what I mean? The Blacks, like, TM. TM. Yes. Oh, my God. My, you know, my favorite people of all, the Blacks. Maybe that's why I've always liked Bucky. Yeah, I feel, hey, I feel no. his energy. Hey. Bucky, bundles or not, you know, still a lot of Black. Yeah. Ben, you have one more thing you want to mention. Yeah, real quick. Captain America as propaganda. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this. I went at length about how I feel, you know, Captain America would be using the MCU and how it would affect the populace of the MCU as well as how it affects the populace of the real world observing the MCU. But to get it even deeper, the people who talk about politics and all that not being in their comics and want, want, but people always refer to that first issue of Captain America where he's punching Hitler, and that's cute and shit, right? But I'm always, you know, the cute shit is one thing, right? Even though that, that cover came out before America even entered the war, right? Mm. This is when we were ignoring the atrocities in Europe. We mm. were like, Shh, do whatever you want, Hitler. You know what I mean? No, it's not it's on my not, doorstep. It's not until the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, you know, and that's Our when doorstep. we were like, yeah, and that's when we were like, ah, fuck that shit. You know, I don't know about all that, Holmes. You know, and that's what got us into this whole war. But the cover comes out before this. So it upset mad Americans. They were like, yo, why are you doing this? You know, why are you trying to draw us into the war, et cetera, et cetera? Why are you putting politics into my comic books? Right? What, what did, uh, what did, um, a very important person say about this that has something to do some so, so, some some nameless person that has something to do with like the birth of Marvel's name starts with an S. Stanley. Like, yeah, Stanley. Yeah. Him. Mm-hmm. What did oh, he say? I'm, oh, I mean, he went on and on, you know. But basically, mm-hmm. you know, if you ain't ready for this, you know, get to stepping is what his real <laughs> thing was. But let's also talk about the not cute side of this, right? Especially during wartime, you know, Captain America in the 1940s during World War II when he was punching Hitler and stuff was ridiculously racist and pure propaganda. There is an issue where I'm going to post this on the Twitters, on Instagrams, at For All Nerds, at Views from 616, so y'all can see these panels. And I'll link to the story. It's on CBR.com. It's by one of my favorite writers, Brian Conan, where he's talking about how... There's a particular issue where Captain America and Bucky kill one million Japanese soldiers. One million 
Japanese soldiers. <laughs> ben said this. Ben just said to me, like, he came to me, he said, they killed one million Japanese. And I said, what? Like, I, I just, and then I read the, the panels and then mm. I was just like, my jaw just kept dropping, dropping. And it's like, this is this is common of that time, particularly. Yes. But it's just. I, I mean, through like, yes, they're soldiers, so they're armed combatants and all that. But there's still one million. He blows them all up, right? That's how he does it. Blows them all up. I'll link so you can read the whole issue. But Cap and Bucky throughout this issue call the Japanese yellow rats, monsters, all Japs, all kind of slanderous. I've seen issues of Namor sink, yeah, sinking their submarines and all the Japanese people are drawn as subhuman characters, caricatures, just pure monsters, right? And so people are like, oh, but it's not like that now. Because nothing's like that now. Things are oh, so it's much not, more... Oh, it's not... The violence against Asian people is not happening. Not Ooh, now has it not been And what was happening? that set up by? You know what I mean? Our, this is just one... This is 1940. This ain't like that long ago. You know what I mean? This, it seems the like, same country that put Japanese and Asian people into internment camps on our own soil? The same country? The same country that, you know, in the 80s, 90s were all, you know, Japanese. They were in a movie. They were the villains, you know. Asians in the movie... You know, down the line, whatever you want, we're villains. You know, we keep making movies about World War II where we're still blowing up Japanese. We keep making Vietnamese movies where we're still blowing up the Vietnamese. Korean movies, blowing up the Koreans, you know, constantly. Oh, so, but even now, things are more subtle, right, in our, you know, especially in our comic books. Like, you're not going to have Captain America run around blowing up a million Japanese soldiers or a million, you know, Arabic soldiers. You and know, also he's not, not do that. doing that and, like, like it's another day. Because in, yeah. in this panel, after he does that, it's kind of inconsequential. They're like, all right, so what you having for breakfast? Like, that's how they move no. on. I was just like... <laughs> no, these, these, these dudes literally say, we got to get back to the camp and peel some potatoes because we broke the rules to come kill a million Japs. You know, so this nigga's talking about going to get McDonald's fries, and it's just like, <laughs> did y'all not just? I mean, a million. Like, can you imagine that? Like, what? How that should weigh on your psyche? And they just are like, you know, whatever, fam. Keep it moving. So anyway, <laughs> everything's more subtle now, right? And so Captain America still serves as a symbol of propaganda to make America look good, to make people in America feel good about America, even if it's like in the most subtle way, where it's not like you know, you're like. Damn, I love America. You know, none of us are like that. We all realize America's messed up, but we love Captain America. You know what I mean? It's a dichotomy there, right? Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it is the idea that Steve Evans and you know the character. I mean, Chris Evans and the character and Steve Rogers. I said I'm Steve Evans. The character they represent is representing the ideals that we all wish America was. But at the same time, the reality of it is America right now is being America. And they're still using Captain America. He's better than Uncle Sam. You don't see Uncle Sam no more. You know, you don't need to. Because you got movies about Captain America. Mm. It's subtle. <laughs> you see my everything. face? I'm just like, damn. <laughs> everything is more subtle now, man. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, questions that need answers. All right. Let's get to it. Does Bucky love him some black woman or Yes. Were you right about the hut? Who doesn't? Now, here's the thing. Bucky has always been a flirt, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yep. he just likes flirting with women. He loves him some He loves him some women. Loves him some women. Like, you know, I always joke about Bucky and uh, Steve, but Bucky has been a player. You know, whatever it is, Bucky gets that. Maybe it's that way. Maybe Bucky likes it always. But Bucky has loved him some women from gate. In the first one, he got 
he, you know, when Steve is too slow, he's like, all right, you know, boop, <laughs> and walks off with both of the shorties. Like, I got this, man, you know. <laughs> he was he was very into in Sarah's face. Game. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sarah. Sarah over I'm here clutching the books, kicking up her leg like she in uh-huh. high school. Right, and boy. Bucky is fine. What? Come on. Bucky's fine. It is. My man looks like Luke Skywalker. You know, it's like the game is there, you know? The game is the game. Yeah, the game is the game, you know? Shout out to the wire. My other question. So is Sharon the power broker or not? Like, let's just, let's just, because again, at first I thought this was too obvious, but now they like barreling towards this. And I'm just like, bro, is this what what we're getting right now? I mean, she gets, she gets Petrock out of jail. Yeah. But apparently it seems like she, she says again, which means... There was some previous history, and maybe he, Betrock, maybe she was responsible for the truck going after that, uh, that doing that kidnapping in the first place when he when he kidnapped yep. the soldier. W- what's going on, Ben? What's going on? All right, I had to do some research again because I did not understand this. But apparently, Nick Fury hired Batroc in Captain America: and The Winter Soldier. Batroc takes over the yes, he takes over the boat right because the boat that uh, Batroc takes over. Has uh-huh. files that Nick Fury needs that he doesn't have access to because Robert Redford's character is the one in control of this boat. Oh, so it's okay. the Hydra versus the Shield. You know they're fighting against each other. Yeah. That's why Cap is sent in to get the hostages, while Black Widow is sent in to get this information. Because they that's why always Cap do that. They always have Black Widow doing a submission from the actual <laughs> mission, even though this is a fake mission, kind of. Yes. Jesus. So the history of this man is to be hired for these, you know, things that then turn into a double and triple flip, right? It's just like with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus' uh, character. Uh-huh. We don't know exactly what side they're on yet either. Correct. You know? And with Sharon, I've been saying that, yes, they're the power broker, but it, I, I have no Nick, idea if her plan Nick will make any Fury sense at the end of this. hired Batroc. Yes. Or, or put him in, whatever you want to call the, 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 yep. the mechanism that he used yes. to put him in. He put him in the game to steal these particular files. And you said these files were... No, project- not to steal the files. He uh, took, uh, uh, he put- just to, to make this kind of fake He mission. was here a smoke screen. He's a smoke yeah. screen. But the real mission was for Black Widow to drop down on this boat, get these files. And these files yep. were for Project Insight. Project Insight, which was the helicarrier shoot of everybody on the planet plan that Robert Redford wanted to put into action. That... It's still so confusing because like Nick knows about it. I don't, man, I don't know that movie. I'm not sure if it holds I, up or made sense. Oh my god! Yeah, okay. and so I'm going with a 50-50 chance that whatever Sharon's plan or actions are make any sense when you look at it too long. Fifty-fifty hmm. right now. Okay. Yep. Moving on to these characters. We. Talk- oh my god! Wait. Go ahead. Don't- Shout out to twitch.tv slash for all nerds, but please don't sit there and correct me about what I got wrong about Winter Soldier. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's not worth it. (laughs) Let's move into the future. Uh, The characters with Sam and uh, Sam, just, uh, we see towards the end that Bucky calls in a favor to the Wakandans and Sam is gifted with a suitcase, which is clearly tech from Wakanda. What is in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? In the voice of uh, Brad Pitt. Um, Is it a battle suit imbued with vibranium tech? You know, with yes. wings built in? Is it just a new set of vibranium wings? What is it? No, it's a, it's a Captain Falcon America suit. Probably better than what we saw in the comics. You know, vibranium okay. tech. Hopefully it does like the whole form on your body when you put something on. 
you know, and some real ill shit because he needs something because as we see, he him and Bucky had a hard time against one super soldier. Yeah. So they they you know, he needs he needs a boost and he doesn't want to take the serum and he you really can't. Want, he needs so. that power boost because that would the suit would allow that. Like even though, for example, even though Black Panther, like he already had the power of the Black Panther because yeah. of the the flower or whatever, he also the suit also still enhanced him further. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that would be useful. That'd be fire. Yeah. Now, there's been some leaks, you know, already, and it seems that the suit looks like what similar to what we've seen in the comics. We haven't nobody's seen actual pictures, as far as I know. I haven't, but there's toys and whatnot. So mm. my question is, how did Bucky ask for this favor? How was he like, "Yo, I need you to make my man's a suit with all that Wakanda tech"? You know, you put some vibranium up in that joint and paint it red, white, and blue. I mean, is it because he made amends by by turning over Zemo that they even gave allowed or I allowed the favor in the first place? Because they could have been like, "No, nigga." Also, because she remembers those nights in the hut, but that's another story. Um, we already talked about. It. We don't want to ship them. We already said that they're not I know. shipped. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, they're Bond as warriors, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, Bond as warriors. Wink, okay, wink. Um, yeah, but yeah, still, I don't. I mean, I can get them making the suit. It's just when he's like, "Yo, but can you paint it red, white, and blue?" You know, like America. <laughs> no, first of all, if we know anything about Wakanda <laughs> Tech and the MCU, they never painted the other niggas' colors, or it's some offshoot. Like even if you look at Bucky's arm, it's there. It's like a darken. Mm. It's goldish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, America Captain America's shield is vibrating, but they didn't make that. Like, like, and even when they redid his shield for them, it was a darkened version. It looked completely different. It was in the shape of like a more traditional. Um, I don't know how to explain the, the shape, but that traditional shield, it wasn't a circle mm-hmm. shape when he was fighting Th- Thanos. Oh, I think that was the shield they gave him on hand. I was like, you know, like, Whatever. this is the shield we the got, The point man. is, Wakandan, I, I just don't think Wakandan would be like, all right, we're going to give you the America colors, you know, triple K colors. Like, I don't think so. Maybe that's just one toy. Maybe there's a real toy, you know, because I'm so... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, Sam and Bucky do their best Bubba Gump shrimp and boat homage. Yep. Rest um, power. Yes. The Bubba Gump. What? Uh, you know, Sam is also a very good therapist. Mm-hmm. When, again, in Louisiana, when they have this conversation where he explaining to Bucky about, you know, Bucky saying, Bucky's finally, and you made this point, Ben, that this was a great contrast to that, the the therapist from the army, where mm-hmm. Bucky wasn't saying nothing, he wasn't telling the truth, all this other stuff, he was very clam, clammy, he's not, I mean, not clammy, but 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 closed off, and here he's, he's finally telling his truth, right? He's still having them nightmares, all this other stuff. Sam explains it doesn't matter what Steve thought, and, and the fact that Steve is gone, so... You have to, they both, he's trying to get Bucky to understand that they have to chart their own path towards the future, regardless of what Sam, I mean, excuse me, what Steve has says to them. Um, he explains also to Bucky, which I think was super smart, when Bucky was like, oh, well, you know, I have this list and I'm trying to help all these people. Sam says, you were not amending, you were avenging. You were doing things to try to make you feel better, but that essentially was the wrong way to go about it. You have to be of service to these people and make them feel better. And only then will you receive true closure and true understanding. And the only thing that I just find super fucked up, because I said this maybe episode two or whatever, was like, I'm afraid he's going to go to Yori Nakajima and tell him the truth about RJ. Mm. I don't think that man deserves that information. Uh, you know how we became friends? When I, and when I say deserve that information, I mean deserves to go through that pain. Because we've been friends, right? They've been friends for how long? Who knows? But yo, Yori, remember how you know I befriended you? You didn't know me. 
I captured sun back in the day, fam. Right. Because my particularly because I don't then want them to potentially write Yori forgiving him. Oof. Because I don't, I just, as, as a person of color, I don't like that. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to forgive you. Mm-mm. You murdered my son. Yeah. All these yeah. years went by. You fucking played Kiki with me. Is you with me? No. So, and when you say Kiki, that's all I'm saying. You know? No, I heard you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It just yeah. It's and 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 this all of this represents the fact that both Sam and Bucky are trying to fix their past in order to fix their future, but they both need to focus on the present. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There it is. Um, yeah, and like we talked about, what is it about black people and being of service? You know, this was referenced in Lovecraft Country, but I think it's one of the things that black people just have a spirit about them, you know, that is kind of like, I wouldn't say the truth, but it kind of is. And life is about service. Mm. You know, even though it's not about being a slave, obviously, and that's something that's also been kind of drilled into our heads through Christianity and stuff. But you have to serve others. You know, that is what makes life worthwhile. That is what you people will remember you by. You know, that is what changes the world, et cetera. You know, it's not about you. We are all on this planet together. So we all have to help each other, you know, and that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. Yep. When it comes to the characterization of Bucky, I've explained this before. And Bucky communicates it in this episode where the reason why he is so attached to the shield, one of the reasons or the main reasons, because it represents the past, really. But really, mm-hmm. the only family he has left. And he's clinging to that desperately in order to not face the future and is stepping into the unknown. I, yep. I, I said this to y'all about why Bucky is so gung-ho about this. Like, ah, oh, I got to save got the, shield. the shield. Yeah, um, that's all he's got left for Steve. Um, People around him are constantly telling him who he is and what, who he can be, what he should be doing. And I was like, yo, Bucky needs to break away from that. And Sam says the same thing to him. Like, Zemo is constantly telling him, yo, they programmed you to kill. You need to do what needs to be done in terms of killing Carly. Um, John talking about, I'm not like you, inferring that he's, he's this murderous killer. And Bucky constantly trying to find, find salvation in others, which is what he has been doing when with these... Uh, the avenging he's been doing with his list. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, you had the point about him using his metal arm when fixing the bolt, and Bucky saying, I didn't think of it immediately, I'm right-handed. And it's like he's, you know, not. it's like it's become a part of him. He's not the Winter Soldier anymore. I also took from that scene that he's just stunting on Sam, like, I'm super strong, bitch. I don't need to use that arm. You know, your sister's right here. She saw me flexing, you know. Yeah. Um, it's always about the stunt with Bucky. Don't front. That man loves the stunt. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely stunt, but also I think he was also being real. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't really thinking about his arm. Yeah. Like, it, he's right. Uh, what he said was because he's right-handed. And it's true. Like, his arm is a part. And to me, that's just further expresses how his arm and, and the Winter Soldier, all that comes with it is a part of his being. He just needs to accept that. Like, it's going to be unconsciously part of you, but it doesn't have to be you going forward. Someone that's all. Point- Someone pointed this out on Twitter, and it goes back to what we were saying last week about how my neighbor was mad that these dudes be struggling with regular dudes. It's like all this cool stuff you see Bucky do in this series, and it goes back to the Civil War when Spider-Man is twisting his arm like he's a toy. You know, like all this stuff you see, but when he comes up against somebody like that, it's like, oh, you got a metal arm? You know, that's cool. 
Whatever, fam. Whatever, fam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're introduced to the character Contessa Valentina Allegra, Allegra. de Fontaine. Say it. What a name. Played mm-hmm. by the very, very famous Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who we've known from Veep and also maybe more importantly, we've known from Seinfeld. Yes. Uh, amongst other Elaine. things. Yes. And she, at least in the comics, her story is that she's a major leader in S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, she also actually eventually becomes Nick Fury's lover. Lover. There was even a brief love triangle between Nick, her, and Captain America. Uh, and again, there's, there's so many there's so many connections to all of these yeah. characters in this show. But again, from the comics, she also at one point becomes a, le- a leader of an all-female assault team that was once led by Sharon Carter uh, and herself. And they have some bad blood there. Then, like, down the line, she Valentina joins Hydra, but then she turns around and flips it on and betrays Hydra so she can take him down for the sleeper cell that she works for. Like, it's her whole... And that's why when Ben says, we really don't know what size she on because that's her characterization. We have no clue what size she on or what she really represents. And also... Uh, I had mentioned her telling the truth, some truths to John and shattering some myths. She confirms to him that she the shield doesn't really belong to the government. It's a legal gray area, as she says. What the fuck did I say? That shield, I mean, y'all knew, but that shield don't belong to America. A lot, just like a lot of things. Like when you think about it, I, I think you said this before, Ben. Um, when you think about like these art museums and things like this around the world, that art don't belong to them. That belongs yeah. to the country that it was stolen from. And just like the, the shield was made of vibranium, which came from where? Who knows? Probably stolen. That shit belongs to Wakanda. How did your people get it? <laughs> How did yeah. your people? That was my thing when um Sam, I mean, when Bucky and John are fighting, and I'm like, boy, Killmonger, some are just rolling over in his grave. Like, look at these white boys over here fighting with vibranium. Like, oh. <laughs> God damn. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, the ocean with my ancestors. Yeah, for real, fam. You know what I mean? Hopefully y'all did already, so I ain't got to roll over. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I loved her. I, You know, this was the big surprise that everyone was waiting for. I, You know, when she comes out, I'm like, I was more like, oh, shit, Elaine. You know, that was, I, I couldn't even process, you know, what, what anything else meant. I was like, word? She's in the well, Marvel well, Universe well, I've now? I've never known who this character was prior, and so oh, I, I, did. I have no clue. Yeah. Right. And I like Once that I saw the purple the, hair. She had this purple, you had the purple uh, stripe or whatever in her head. I, I knew it because, yeah, the comics usually has a white stripe. But yeah. as soon as I saw the stripe, I was like, oh, that's who she is right oh, okay. away. And then I've also been a fan of the other Mayadam Hydra. We actually mentioned her last week on the regular For All Nerd show because I've always loved the other Madam Hydra. This is There's a few Madam Hydras. But, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, she's another one. The one the one I knew is known as the Viper, and, and then she's also known as Madam Hydra. Mm. But yeah, that was, I love that one. But this is a really old character I don't know as much about because she comes from the Steranko era of Captain America and Jim Steranko. Oh, Steranko with to, the hair, yeah. Yeah, shout out to that man, that nutcase. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about her, but. Uh, the word on the street is the internet. She was supposed to first appear in Black Widow, and she will be in Black Widow, probably, maybe. Who knows what Marvel does now? You know, mm. but she was supposed to be in Black Widow first, and we would first get introduced to her there. So this would have been like that. Oh, she back! And got it. What it seems to be, and what people keep speculating on, is that she is forming the Dark Avengers, or the Thunderbolts, whatever name they go by. 
Mm. Maybe her and Ross together will mm-hmm. do it, you know? Because she does say to John, now that we know, because she knows that he took the serum on his stuff, yep. that you become very valuable to certain yep. people. Which also means that they could experiment on John, you know, if he doesn't, you know, go their way. Like, all right, well, oh, we'll yeah. just, you know, torture you like we did the Negro. Uh, George's Batroc, he, he makes his reappearance after yep. getting busted, not busted out, but released because of Sharon. Um, he's actually played by, in real life, the guy's name is also George's, but George's St. Mm-hmm. Pierre. Yep. And uh, I've mentioned this in the last episode, Carly's actions of her blown to depot and all that stuff, like in some ways help her cause and, and, and also even inadvertently help her. It's going to attract people who could care less about her movement, but they are using this as a way to piggyback off piggyback off of it as a yep. means to their ends that maybe happen to intersect. In this case with Batroc, revenge on Falcon. Yes. And he's also working for Sharon because that's who barts on him on the phone and tells him, you know, you can go kill Falcon. I just need you to do whatever she hired him for. No matter what that is, it's still unclear, as is most of her plan. But I do not think he would collect that bonus. And even though I like this character, I do believe he gets offed next episode. R.I.P. to, you know, Batroc. I'm putting money on him going down. <laughs> All right. It, you put it's money just like on cross- <laughs> Yeah, like Crossbones. Remember like when Crossbones kept uh, coming back? And then it was like, oh, no, you ain't coming back from this one, fam. This you know? Yeah, I think that might be it for, you know, yeah. three to- third time third to time. talk. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Three strikes and you're out. Yeah. <laughs> Most Marvel films are done after one. So it's like... When you yeah. return more than once, you know, it's usually three, and then I he, He's not quite a villain villain. He's yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he's back. not. And he's too easily to get killed. You know, he's about to run into a fight with, like, two super, no, three super soldiers and a dude who shot his new vibranium armor and who shoots at Ant-Man at first chance, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, everybody's, or some, a lot of people's favorite Zemo, mm-hmm. even in all his villainy, you know, he is, to me, he's also... He's he's what he would call a true G because yep. he seems ready to accept death from Bucky. Now, this is if you believe that he didn't know that the gun was unloaded. He didn't even blink when Bucky pulled the trigger. Now, in Ben Ami's view, perhaps Zemo didn't know because as we know, Zemo is very cunning and thinks 10 steps ahead. And maybe Zemo's really more so of a scheming fuckboy. Mm-hmm. Explain that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he already tested Bucky several times through the series to know that he wouldn't actually murder again. He let him know where he was going to be in a previous episode. He said, you know, the Sokovia the monument, the memorial. He expected him earlier than that, but Bucky got caught up. He knows probably that he's going to get sent to the vault, you know, when the Wakandans come because people question why the Wakandans want to take him back to Wakanda. It's because they yeah. have this the open relationship with the world. Yeah. So they're trying to be more like that. And their king said, don't murder this dude. So it's like, you got to go to jail. So the vault is where you go. The raft. Yep. The raft. Yeah. Not the vault. Sorry. That's another um, Marvel Comics prison. They're trying to help you in, in case someone tries to correct you. Yeah. They're both Marvel Comics prisons. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he's what a real steamer should be. You know what I mean? He's like the Kyvers Jose where everything's plotted out, you know, three steps ahead. He already scratched his name out of Bucky's list. Yeah, that he stole you know that I mean? again, or he oh he scratched it out it when he stole it. it the first time. Maybe or maybe he <laughs> got it again. But either way, he already knew. You know, he saw Bucky's like, "You are late, dog." All right, just you know, where where's the Dora? Let me get on with yeah, my trip to the vault. That's I mean, true. to the raft. You know, that's yeah. True. He knew it all from the gate, man. Yeah. This dude's good. Yeah, and and as you mentioning the raft, as you said, the Dora come and whisk him off. There is yep. one one of the many prisons in the MC uh, in 
in Marvel, but in the yep. MCU specifically, it's an underwater prison creating to created to detain and uh, incarcerate enhanced individuals. This run by Thunderbolt Ross. Yep. Uh, if you remember back during like Civil War and stuff, uh, Falcon, Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye, and Ant Man were captured by Iron Man's team and taken to the raft. Um, they were later broken out by Captain America. Yep. Also, elsewhere in the MCU, in the raft, we have Trish Walker from Jessica <laughs> Jones. Uh, Diamondback, Willis Stryker, who's Luke Cage's half brother. Also, again, from, from that side of MCU. Uh, he, he's in the raft. And yeah. and probably some other people, you say, here. Yeah, the Abomination, who is returning for She-Hulk series, is probably there. He was probably taken there as well. Yeah. I yeah. doubt we ever see Trish or Diamondback, but we are definitely seeing Abomination yeah. Oh, again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, in the comics, the raft is, again, Supermax prison for superpowered criminals, but it's actually located near or around where Rikers Island would be in New York. Yeah. And it's run and operated by S.H.I.E.L.D. And It showed up in the first Spider-Man game. Yeah. For PlayStation. Yeah. Mid time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also just within all this about the raft, we're just speaking about the Dora themselves and, and Io particularly. She tells Bucky to make himself scarce. Do not come to Wakanda. Lay low for a while. But I'll make you this suit in America's colors. <laughs> I don't know. Oh God, if that shit is red, white, and blue, I'm going to have questions next week. I, Let's go. I know. Sharon Carter, as we said, she's perhaps, who knows what she is at this point. She's She freed Batroc. She she talks about giving him double. Uh, and I said, so that means she 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 worked with him before. Yes. And does, was he, he was, she was potentially responsible for, what was she responsible yes. for? For the kidnapping, I have no idea. Like I say, like, <laughs> like the kidnapping sets Falcon on the trail of the LAF, who really haven't mattered in this series. Yeah, because we've never heard from that again, right? No, and Torres puts him onto the Flag Smashers, so he would have done that either way. So I don't know what Sharon's plan is. I don't know what it was to, you know, kidnap that dude. What was the plan for? Who knows? Will it make sense? We'll find out next week. 50-50 chance. Yeah. You know, Put money on Batrot being dead and 50-50 on Sharon's plan making sense. Yeah. Carly right. Morgenthau, as Zemo said, radicalized beyond recovery. Uh, she has been, <laughs> Ben's notes are hilarious. She smiled when she was called a criminal. It's not looking good. No. Dovich, not cheekbones, but Dovich finally seemed shocked when that when that all went down. Like I said, he didn't yep. sign up for this. And 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 that whole idea of the Flag Smashers being everywhere and nowhere, to me, it gave me anonymous vibes. It gave me F mm -hmm. Society vibes. It gave me all of that questionable vibes where I'm like, I don't know this is what I, I'm about. Fight um, Club, Project Mayhem vibes. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Uh, John Walker, this... His his sense of entitlement is through the motherfucking roof. Yep. And it just reminds me of, of white people in America who feel like they are being pushed out of things that are rightfully theirs, even though that aspect of things being there is is patently false. And this viewpoint of, of how they've been enabled or built by society to feel this way, as you said, Ben, like this is what they've been taught. And you see it manifest in different things. Like you see it manifested in these self-styled militia, quote unquote, groups, mm -hmm. um, especially the ones they came out real big in 2020, political groups like Proud Boys, the T-Baggers, like all these people and all these teams of, 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 of nonsense folks who really truly believe in these nonsense causes. Um, and even in the post credit scenes that we, we get this time around, he's building his own version of the shield. And I think he's using his medals to mm -hmm. help uh, like wield it together which are now worthless when you think about it all. Yeah, and but it means something to him. It means something to him. And he, as in his mind, he deserves a shield, so he's going to make his own motherfucking shield. Yep. 
it's also that scene is the end credit scene and it's mirroring uh, Tony building his armor in the cave, which was him being the first Avenger or, you know, I know Cap's called the first Avenger, He's but Tony it, is technically yeah. the first Avenger. So it's like John being the first Dark Avenger or Thunderbolt building his armor in the cave, building his shield in his little cave. So basically he's stealing Tony and Cap swag all at once, you know, <laughs> throwing, no, throwing both of them he's into one, team. you know, like team. you got Team Cap, you got Team Iron Man. Now if you're a Dark Avenger, you got them both in one, you know. Yeah, Teeth. Yeah, big, yeah. big theft vibes. Match for Sad music. Lamar, Battlestar, again, oh. played by Clay Bennett. This is a really tragic character. I just <laughs> I just keep feeling worse and worse, especially after John visits the family. And, and I don't care what you said, but he still lied to the family. And his yep. mom brings the picture over and talks about how Lamar was so proud of John when he became Captain America and how every day Lamar was like, how it was an honor to be John's partner. And it was, it was just sad. Ooh, man. And, and, the magical and, Negro jumped out. Yo, and I don't know if this is Lamar's sister or who this other, the young lady represented the other lady in the room. Yeah. But, you know, she actually, to me, she, she I don't know if she completely trusts John because she kind of looks him up no, and down. No, not at all. She looks not him up and down like, I don't know what this nigga's about, but, you know, it is what it is. But rest in peace, Battlestar. We hardly yeah. knew ye. If that is his sister, the side eye runs deep in that family because shout out to Battlestar giving that side eye to John when he was disrespecting the door military. He was like, yeah, this, you know, this white boy going to get me killed one of these days. And <laughs> that day came. Yeah. I'm happy yep. we got to see Sarah come back. Adapara yes. Odie was making amazing, doing, just doing an amazing job as usual. Mm -hmm. uh, she serves, as we see, we, she serves tough love to Sam, but she clearly loves him very much and she understands him more than he realizes. And she really is proud of Sam through everything. Like, again, getting... Like she says, I, I went in on you at the bank and all this stuff, but I am proud of you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you said earlier, she's flirting with Bucky. Like, ooh, this boy cute. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, Isaiah Bradley, Carl Lumbly, give this man his Emmy right the fuck now. Yep. He knows what he is doing. He deserves all the flowers and all the awards. Understands the assignment. Understands. Joaquin Torres, played by Danny Ramirez. Uh, I love this because this is shades of the comic books. Um, when mm -hmm. when Sam's walking out, he's telling Sam he's forgetting the wings. Sam says, just keep it. Yep. Now, is this a passing of the Falcon mantle to Torres in spirit or otherwise? I mean, we've shared how in the comics he actually, uh, Torres takes over that mantle of, of Falcon for a little bit. Yeah, he gets mutated, though, and I doubt that's going right. to happen here. Right. So I think, yes, that is a shade of the comic books and it's a passing the mantle. We already know that he can fix Red Wing. So, boom, boom, boom. You yeah. know, we might not see this for years, if at ever, but yeah. Right, if ever, right. Yep. All right, finally, Easter eggs and inspirations. Woo! This is the end. This is the end of our, or towards the end of our review. Um, When Isaiah is talking to Sam and he's like, I used to be, when Sam is all, again, very hopeful, Isaiah's like, yo, I used to be like you until I saw the men in the red tails, the famous 332 this is a a reference to the Tuskegee Airmen, who were also called the ones who flew the particular planes that they painted red to identify themselves. The the Tuskegee Airmen, which who were subjected to racism, discrimination, and more inside and outside the military, despite the fact that they were serving their country. And this is a group that had a high record of protection, incredibly accomplished, highly decorated, all this stuff, perfect, not perfect, but you know what I mean, like just exemplary, and still were treated poorly mm -hmm. to say catch the least the, catch the movies red tails is great yeah i actually really like that yep 
Um, the there's two paintings that we see in Sharon's spot when um when she's she's talking to Batroc on the phone. The first is a giant oil painting of the raft of Medu the raft R A F T of Medusa. That the the quick story behind that is there was a French ship called the Medusa. That, and this is real life, that ran aground, that ran aground off the coast of Africa due to the competence of its captain. All of the nobles and aristocrats that were on board boarded life rafts, and the remaining 147 commoners were left to make a like ghetto rig this, 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 this makeshift raft out of wood, spare wood. They had no provisions or supplies on this raft. Um, what was supposed to happen was the, the main ship, after they got free, that was supposed to tow them behind, but instead the incompetent captain cut the line and left the commoners adrift. The commoners endured starvation, dehydration, and had to resort to cannibalism to stay alive, even though half of them, more, more than half of them died anyway. And 13 days later, when they were finally rescued, only 15 people had survived. Yikes. Yeah. So you can also say this is kind of this. Some of these are shades and parallels of the show itself. Parallels with that, with the mistakes of John as the, this... It's kind of like, I, I don't want to call him incompetent, but like he's done some incompetent motherfucking things. Um, and, uh, you know, how he fails in that. Um, and also, you can, you you mentioned in Ben what you think this is also mirroring. Yeah, because you're slandering John instead oh, of Oh, I marrying. love slandering John. I will continue to slander John all day, every day. I understand. But in, it's also for Sharon being the power broker, perhaps, and willing to murder Falcon and whoever else she can build to get what she needs. Or Cardi's punk ass willing to kill everybody so she can run with men with... <laughs> So she can run from one man with a gun. Yes. And also, this is might be a meta Easter egg because, Ben, you said this to me on Twitter, I think. Yep. There and is... I meant to explain it last week, but it's perfect. Go ahead. You want to explain? Go ahead, because this is your yes. thing. There is a comic book, uh, The Ultimates, where it was written by Martin Millar, and it modernized the Avengers. So the Avengers were the Ultimates. It had Captain America, Hulk, uh, Giant Man, Wasp, Thor... Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man, pretty much the team we know from the MCU. And a lot of the aspects of it were transferred to the MCU. One of the aspects that wasn't transferred as much as in this one is Cap is super patriotic, super militaristic, super much an asshole for a lot of it. I loved it at the time. Looking back, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. It's a little bit white it's boy. It's a bit much. Know? It's a bit much. But Cap is fighting a what basically is a Stroll, the, the Chitari in the comic, but in the comic, the Chitari are more like Strolls. And they can shape stuff and stuff. So it's this dude he's been fighting since before he went into the ice. Like, this guy was down with Hydra back then and the Nazis. So he's been fighting them for all this time. So when he comes back to life in the present, he realizes this dude's still serving. He's like, I'm killing this motherfucker. <laughs> so he takes the shield to him just like how John Rogers does. He slams the shield into this alien's body until he cuts him in half. Mm. It doesn't kill the alien, you know. But he's doing this while the alien told, like, the alien at one point has is choking him out. And he's like, why won't you just surrender? And so Cap slams the alien off him, takes the shield to him, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, surrender? Do you think this A on my head stands for France? <laughs> Which is a ruthless and terrible reference to, like, World War II when France stood by the side and surrendered when Hitler came in. Damn. But that's not really what they did. The French resistance was incredible. They fought, you know, they tooth and nail. Yeah. You know, but Mark Millar is a British dude and, you know, also a weird white boy. So he had him say, and I can't lie, I cried at the line of the sign. It was hilarious. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you just reminded me when you were talking about the shield and, and slamming the shield down, like mm -hmm. when I was talking earlier about mirrors and how, like, how 
uh, Steve does shit versus how John does shit. Like that whole fight between um, between Bucky and Sam and John mirrored that sp- uh, fight with with Iron Man. And yes. um, in in what was that in Civil War? In Civil War, yeah, completely mirrored that fight. Just 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 from the way that they were going at each other, but also as there was one point where towards the end where Iron Man was down and he was at that point he was he it was it was it was quiet for him, and you see Captain America raise his shield, and any other unsuspecting person would think, oh, he's about to decapitate this nigga. It's over, but no, he uses to bring it down on the arc reactor and and just make basically make iron man useless mm-hmm. when you see what john did that shit what did he do he killed that motherfucker and he did not need to do that and once again what i keep saying about is like i know what you're saying about yo cap has done bad things da, 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 but mm-hmm. cap is making better decisions yes and in general steve i mean chris evans it just i mean steve rogers is a better person than john i'd never argue that you know i always see steve rogers is the perfect person to be cap while John is the perfect soldier, he's just doing what he's told, which is stop these terrorists, which means murder these terrorists. Yeah. Now, do it in public, nah, et cetera. But if he'd done it in private, nobody would have had an issue. And that's just the thing. You know, that's facts. And finally, We would have had an issue, but, you know. I, whatever. Yeah. Finally, it's the final Easter egg. Uh, the other artwork in Sharon's place is the woman with a parasol, or also maybe called a, sometimes called a stroll. This is a Monet painting. Uh, oh, the other painting, I, I I don't think I can pronounce his name properly, but it's but it was made by Theodore Gericault. 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 Maybe. Gericault. Yeah, yeah, the Raft of Medusa. That that painting. And then, Gericault. like I said, the woman with the parasol. That's from Claude Monet. Uh, mm-hmm. This painting depicts Monet's first wife, Camille, and his son strolling through somewhere <laughs> strolling through a field and um if you are of the of the uh, those people who analyze artwork uh, a lot of people have actually a lot of these analysts have said that that the the way that this painting is um is composed it's not a portrait and it's also not a landscape it's it's kind of both and it just shows that duality of an approach and to me that that mirrors Sharon right Sharon writing that line between being an enemy and an ally is she mm. both? What is she? Who the fuck knows? I think <gasps> that's everything. Is that true, Ben? The scene where <laughs> Sam and Bucky approach John also mirrors the scene where Sam and Steve approach Bucky when he is trapped in the uh, vice grip because they're still trying to figure out if Bucky is the Winter Soldier or not. So that when they approach him in the garage, because it's a garage again, and they're approaching him and trying to figure out, is this dude going to come peacefully or, you know, we're going to have to throw down and they had to throw down. They also rip his glove off, similar to that Thanos moment. Yes. And they're trying to bring his, I mean, Didn't they break his arm off. when they did that? They broke his arm in uh, this. Uh, Thanos, John's arm, I mean. Yeah, they broke John's arm. I don't know if Thanos' arm was No, broken. no, no, that but I was just talking off. about John. Like, they, they oh, broke, yeah, just like, just like you said in the notes that uh, they broke Bucky's arm in that fight. So yeah. it all parallels, you know, whatever. Yeah. But no, we fucking done. We are done. And I hope you enjoyed this big episode once more. Thank you, everyone who has been supporting us. Yo, the, the Patreon has been going up. Yo. I, I'm... Thank y'all. No, for real. Like we are, we every night we just been like, yo, are you seeing all these people on the Patreon? Like it's 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 so amazing because this is how like we're able to give our, our first of all, bring in more people on our team to help us with things like uh, editing and, and. Oh my God, our editor! Thank you. Thank you, Luna. We love you. This is how we yeah. 
Chica, thank you for all the social media work you put in, like all the cool graphics and 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 all the all the amazing tweets and all that stuff that you guys see. That's all from our social media editor. Uh, and and also shout out to to Uncolor P, who's our gaming editor, who's been jumping in the mix now on our Twitch. That's another reason why our Twitch is popping because now we have. For every week we got gaming going on, we're going to be jumping in gaming. But like I said, the reason why this is so amazing is because like this is this is tangible. And what what did Ben I mean keep saying? It only takes one person at a time. This is tangible change. You're helping us change the world. You're helping us get our voice out there. You're helping us build for all nerds. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you to all of the new and existing Patreon folks. Patreon.com slash for all nerds. Thank you to everyone who's making the, the T public go up. We love you. Tpublic.com slash stores slash for all nerds. This is one of the uh, many beautiful designs on our Tpublic page. This is our Inclusion is Revolution uh, created by Chrissy Chung. Yep. Thank you, Chrissy. Appreciate you. And we have this and much, much more, including our incredible views from the 616 logo. All of these beautiful designs you can get on mm. all sorts of products from mugs, T-shirts, masks. Phone cases, books, pillows, you name it. Anything you like is going to be up there. Thank you again. All of this money and all of this stuff that we're amassing, all this support we're amassing is what gets put right back into the brand and help grow us even further. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, of course, thank you to everyone on the Twitch right now. Twitch.tv slash for all nerds. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you with the shits. We are there, too. We are in the chat having a blast with you. We appreciate everything. And make sure you are subscribed to us at For All Nerds on your favorite podcast platform. We are every freaking where. And we will be even more places in your face as long as y'all keep, you know, putting us in the ears of the Disney people. You know, we, we might want to we might want to be on Disney Plus, too. You know, just saying. Hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> at Disney and let them know. And you can find me on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, at DJ Ben. I mean, that's Tatiana King. And like she said, thank you so much. Every week, the Twitch has been growing. Every week, this show has been growing at views from the at views from six one six on Twitter, follow. on Instagram. Please follow. We want to get that to one k followers by the time by the finale next week. Yes, we're about two hundred away. It we can, can do done. it. We're it can be there. done. We are almost there, so please follow us on Twitter. Views from 616. I got my shirt coming. I'll be rocking it next week for the finale. It's going down, y'all. The Twitch. Thank you again. Twitch.tv slash For All Nerds has been so crazy every week. Every week it just grows. We had our biggest number of viewers last Monday at 1 p.m., so be there Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. If you listen to this in the morning before then, go to the Twitch TV. Just open up that tab. Join the chat. It's crazy. We get way more theories, way more ideas. All this stuff be going down. Thank y'all. It's beautiful. <laughs>